You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. Hey, this is John from Geek Elite Media, and this podcast is being brought to you by Cuts by Candace. Candace Gist is a hairstylist that will work with you to get the right look. She uses her 18 years of experience to understand my needs and is the only one that comes near my hair. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of March 2019, and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts by Candace 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you, you can. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds where it's the same year and you're the same person, but everything else is different? And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If, and it is the month of March in 2020, no, not 2029. Well, because in Doomsday Clock, we'll finally be getting the 12th issue. (laughs) That's right. It's uh, 2019, and uh, that is a special month because it is the 25th anniversary? 25th anniversary. God, he's got, they're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> well, to talk about the 25th anniversary of the creation of Kyle Rayner, and uh, we're going to spend the month of March talking about Green Lantern, so we're bringing in Rafa. Woo! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the expert of the GLC, my man Rafa. It's kind of like you wake up one day and you realize that you try to put on your pants like a normal person, but then you put on the ring and it just happens naturally because you have that willpower. <laughs> and, you know, I couldn't talk about Green Lantern more with more educated people than these two people right here because you guys make my willpower that much more powerful. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about the 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 Green Lanterns, but more more specifically, Kyle Rayner today, and uh, to start that off, but arguably the most handsome of the Green Lanterns. Ooh, he definitely was. He was the pretty boy. Like when they created him, like well, dude, I, mad shout out to Daryl Banks. That mm. man, like, we're, I've got a copy of the a new Dawn trade in front of me. Uh, Daryl Banks is the co-creator. Dude, no, I mean, there's some great artists out there. Like when I think of how before Kyle came along, I always picture uh, Doc MD Bright, his artist skills. But when I think of Kyle, I cannot help but think of Daryl Banks, and Daryl Banks draws one of the best Hal Jordans as well. But you're right, no. he made that that Green Lantern, the sexy Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, that, I think that's a, it's a, it's a product of the '90s. That's yeah. the, you know, you just had that that look, yeah. uh, that artistry. Um, Kyle. Is my Green Lantern. So when That's I started awesome. reading uh, comic books, he was the Green Lantern. Um, I got to know him first through uh, Grant Morrison's JLA. The best way to learn about him. The yeah. best way to learn about him. No offense, Ron Mars. We appreciate you, but but Grant understood the character a lot better than you did. <laughs> well, it's kind of one of those things. Like, like you, you remember that friend who had that really hard dad, that hard ass dad. Yeah, yeah. And like as kids, we don't understand. Like, dude, your dad's a hard ass. But then when you grow up to be an awesome guy, you're like, oh, I get it now. And that's kind of Ron Mars, you know? Like, yeah, I can see that. Fuck you, Kyle. I'm gonna kill your girlfriend. You know? No. I'm yeah. gonna do all these crazy I shits mean, to you. <laughs> I, if we don't, we don't have Kyle Rayner. We don't get fridging. <laughs> so that's that, a, that is that, true. That is very, very unfortunately. true. Um. Well, yeah. Well, uh, what what about your? I we know Chris. Chris's Green Lantern is Hal Jordan, of course, as he said many times over. Rafa, I know what it is, but you want to tell our listeners? 
Well, I mean, there's nothing better than Mr. Uh, Guy Gardner. I mean, this man is someone who arguably is a piece of shit. Yes. <laughs> I can admit to that. Fat, full, full sale. But watching his growth in uh, and the way they humanized him in uh, Rise of the Third Army. During yeah. the new fifty two, mm-hmm. like when they, I mean, they never took him seriously. The Guardians put him as leader of the Green Lanterns because they knew that he wasn't going to do a good job. But I mean, he held it down. I liked him, and that made me respect him more. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I mean, I, to me, guy before Green Lantern Rebirth, not the Rebirth of the DC Universe, was always just the jock. Yeah. So when you know. Uh, he, you, get, you get that he's still the jock, but yeah. now he's like more team player. Yeah, like like Ju- Justice League International did him no favors. No. <laughs> <laughs> but even before that, like when Giffen, not Giffen, Giffen to Mattis was Justice League. Um, gosh darn, I can't think of the, the writer now. But when they had him become a Green Lantern again, because he was he was Green Lantern back in like the sixties. Yeah, and then did and, he become Warrior or something like that? Oh, so he was Green Lantern in the sixties, and they they just got like like a one if story, like yay, and then like oh shit, let's bring him back, and they brought him back just to put him in a coma. Oh yeah, so they could bring John Stewart in. <laughs> And so now guys, so the seven, so in the sixties, he gets like one, maybe two appearances, the seventies. Hey, it's guy Gardner. Remember that guy coma, you know, John Stewart. And then the eighties, it's like, fuck, let's reactivate him. Hal stole his woman. Let's make him the, like, he's the Wolverine of green lanterns. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's I can the see badass, that. edgy guy, you know, and yep. the eighties, you're right. They did not pull any punches. Nineties was not, you know, because you're right. He, 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 he was green lantern for the justice league. Uh, they tried to revive the Green Lantern book in the 90s, like post-crisis. So we had Emerald Dawn, which was the new origin of Hal Jordan, bringing Hal back as the main GL. John got his own book, Mosaic. Guy was there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then they had the big showdown in issue 25. Guy and Hal fight. They fist fight it out. You know, Hal manages to pull off the rope-a-dope and get the win. So Guy's just got to suck eggs. But no, we give him his own miniseries. Um when does he get the alien called, DNA? Well, so that comes that comes right around the Parallax era. Like oh. it was just like, oh shit, because the first thing the first thing Parallax does after fifty, after the Emerald Dawn or Emerald Twilight Fallout, he uh, has his next story arc in the Guy Gardner book. And at that time, they just rebranded it Guy Gardner Warrior. So he's wearing this big red suit. He's got the yeah. yellow ring. Life's golden. Hal comes along. Fuck you. Crushes the yellow ring. <laughs> flies off. And then luckily, Guy Gardner. I think it was during Zero Hour. He's like, man, I wish I had a gun. And then a gun forms out of his forearm. And he's like, ah, this is painful, <laughs> but cool. And it's like, yeah, you're an alien baby. You got powers. <laughs> so, and, yeah, Zero Hour, I guess, technically. And then Rebirth is like, yeah, we're just going to burn all that alien DNA. That shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I will say, like, right after Zero Hours, when I started to appreciate Guy, I liked him. Because, I'll, you know, obviously growing up reading that stuff, it's like, well, he's a dick to Hal. I don't like him. You know, but he has grown so much. And Ron Mars did a lot of good stuff for Guy Gardner. I mean, I remember one of my favorite ones was the Green Lantern Secret Files and Origins. Remember those books? Mm-hmm. Those yeah. were so cool. And they had the Green Lantern one, and it was that guy at Warrior's Bar, and he was talking to you. He's polishing a mug, and like, oh, hey there. <laughs> True believer? Nope. How's it going? You know, have a beer. Let me tell you the story of the Green Lanterns. Alan, Hal, me. Then they shelf me. John Stewart, then they shelf me. Then it's me. But then they shelf me. And, you know, and it was really good, but it was awesome. And, and I loved the, the little twist because he's like, all right, you can't tell anybody this. But before they gave the ring to Kyle, 
They gave it to me. And I said, no, Ganthet. Fuck off. I don't want to be your green bitch anymore. Yep. Now I'm polishing mugs. Yeah. And, it was and, like, that's, and that's what I liked oh. about him. It's He's like that dude that just has eternal grit. No matter what happens, his perseverance is always there. Yeah. And he's like that one kid that wants to play football with, with, with you guys, but you don't really like him. And he's too aggressive. <laughs> he's, and he kind of smells bad. He plays a little too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... What I like is how he pushes Hal a lot of the times, especially oh, yeah. in like War of the Green Lanterns. Oh yeah, like he's the one that there's like, come on, motherfucker, you're supposed to be in charge. Let's do this, and it's that's what I always liked about the dichotomy. Yeah. And then we had Kyle, who has just the best hair. When first introduced <laughs> to him, I thought, you know, this is the American version of Tuxedo Mask from Sailor Moon. Oh wow, yes. <laughs> and uh, but you know, an artist and much, much, much more buff. So I've always like, enjoyed that. Um, I always remember Guy. Or I don't always remember Guy, but I remember a more recent story from Guy. I want to say it must have been it must have been Green Green Lantern's book or Green Lantern Corps. I don't Probably know Green Lantern Corps. Where him and Arkillo are gonna are are boxing it out. So it's it's after the point where the Yellow Lanterns and the Green Lanterns have have decided to come together. Oh, that would have been Hal oh, Jordan okay. and the GLC then. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because they were the, like the buddy cop. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one green, one yellow all the time. Yeah. And, uh, I, and I know this is a more recent story, but that's just a story that sticks with me. Um, and it keeps flashing back to when he was a kid and he takes on his dad. Oh, yeah. And he's he's like, I can take the punches, but can you? Like kind of thing. Uh, and he eventually, you know, takes out Arkillo. And I was just like, that's that's a great guy story. And that's what I like about the Green Lanterns. It's There's so many layers. Yeah. Like Shrek, right? Shrek the <laughs> Onion. Um, there's so many layers of these characters and just... The, the the heart and, and the hardship and the fear and the terror. You know, these guys one day uplifted from their lives to become space cops yeah. in a hostile world where they could die at any moment. I always think back because, you know, we see them and they're off and they're going on adventures and sometimes we forget, you know, because we see the marvelousness of what's existing out there and just the wonders of space. But I always think back to reading the Injustice series, right? Ooh, like after yeah. the video games where they came out with the comics and I just remember like, as they're doing the comics, especially year two, when it's much more Green Lantern focused and Superman basically takes out the Green Lantern Corps, mm-hmm. I always think back to Sinestro and how he systematically takes out all of the Green Lanterns and seduces Hal to the dark side again. And one of the strongest things for me is always when when he convinces Hal to rip off uh, Guy's arms and then you see oh, Guy God. die. It's a powerful scene and you forget just how powerful these people are. Mm. And you know what the hardest part was too during that? Like... Because, yeah, year two was the Green Lantern focus, which was awesome, right? Yeah. You know, But, dude, oh, my God, the way they killed Kyle. Oh, so. Like, like they, they, they got him all peeled out, and then Sinestro just ch- cuts the finger off and makes, like, the four jets or something and just rips them limb from limb, and it's yep. like, damn. And it was like a one-page kill, too. It wasn't even <laughs> like, like, literally like, oh, you're in this story. We're just bringing you here to kill you and done. (laughs) Well, that's, you know, I kind of look at the injustice world as the the ultimate world for DC. And and that's definitely what they did in the ultimate Marvel comics. Like you you bring in characters that are iconic or big or, you know, big names in the regular MC, MU. And then all of a sudden they're dead in a day. Like they're dead in an issue. It's like, wow. And you have to focus on the other characters now. Like that was one thing I liked about Injustice. Um, That's also one thing that I liked about uh, Earth 2 with how they immediately killed off uh, that Earth Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. Oh, yeah. They killed off the Wonders, Wonders, right? And Mm -hmm. that was Alan 
and oh Jay, like Jay. they basically took the Golden Agers and revitalized them for. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know what? Cool. I never read that after it was New Fifty Two, right? New Fifty Two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the first three volumes were really good. I really enjoyed that series because yeah, it modernized and made it more gritty. The right, the right. Justice League of Society. That's that's nuts. Yeah, their struggles what they were all going through. And the only one to make it back from that was Mr. Terrific, right? Like, he made it into the Rebirth world, but everybody else didn't. Well, but technically, even though it was Michael Holt, uh-huh. he wasn't a part of that book. No. He wasn't? Like, he oh, I really thought he was. was. No, he stayed in the, 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 50, the New 52 world, more or less. Oh, okay. He didn't really, like, embrace the legacy, because over in that storyline, they did, they brought back the original Mr. Terrific, oh. um, yeah. Terry Sloan, and he was, like, a, he was a horrible bad guy. Yeah, he was. Because he's like, I'm smarter than all of you. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna screw your life. <laughs> so that he was the Mister Fantastic from the Marvel. Yeah, basically, the, yeah, he Marvel was the, the maker, yeah. as they call it. That's a good yeah. point, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah I really um, look at that. There was a uh, oh, and then and we'll talk about. Uh, I'll, I'll save it for when we talk about because we're talking. We're gonna go from uh, would you say New Dawn to Rebirth today, right? Yeah, pretty much. So uh, they, there's the one part in the Rebirth book or the Rebirth comic. How many issues was Rebirth? Six issues. Six issues in there that I always refer back to whenever I'm talking about the Green Lantern. So let's go ahead and get to the spinner rack so we can get that out of the way. So I'm going to do this quick because we got a lot of Green Lantern love here. So coming at you from Detective Comics, DC as we like to call it, Adventures of the Super Sons, issue 8, Batman 66, and this issue spicy because Tom King is back. If you're a Harley Quinn fan, Batman and Harley Quinn will be getting their own trade paperback. If you're a fan of the Catwoman in the purple suit from the 90s drawn very sexy by Jim Belent, then Catwoman by Jim Belent Volume 2 is out there. Speaking of Tom King, if you follow him on uh, Twitter... He often refers to it as DC Com- DC or Detective Comics Comics. Yeah, because <laughs> like, it's like, well, what does the DC stand for? Detective Comics. So you're DC Comics, right? Yeah. So you're Detective Comics Comics. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay. So, in preparation, we will be nearing our 1,000th issue of Detective Comics. So, nice. Detective Comics: The 80 Years of Batman, the Deluxe Edition hardcover, will be out. This will collect a lot of various stories and some unpublished works as well. And today was a big day. Why? Because the Doomsday Clock is wrong. This is issue nine of twelve. Today's issue, I did a sneak read of it, and it was fantastic. So, I highly recommend you get it. And- um, Oh, God, I can't think of the artist. I need you guys' help. What's the artist? Gary Frank? Gary Frank. Dude, Gary Frank, thank you. That was some beautiful eye candy. (laughs) And one of my favorite moments of the day was seeing Nathaniel Adam back, the original, the best Captain Atom. (laughs) Also, uh, since you moved on from Detective Comics 1000, if you're listening to this and you're in the Yuma area, make sure you do join join us March 31st at FanQuest Comics and Games so that we can do another roundtable of... Uh, Detective Comics 1000. Any, what do you guys think the stories are going to focus on? What, anything you're anticipating? I think it's going to be just like uh, Action Comics 1000. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a, a bunch of random stories. Maybe the one, the bookends of something that's going to be relevant to uh, what's going on in, in Batman's yeah. life right then. But other that. than that, uh, I, it's going to be uh, very people who are, are you know, are. Writers that were passionate about certain eras of Batman. Call, calling it now, what's going to happen? Is it the very end? You're, it's going to look like Catwoman and Batman are going to get back together. They're going to get married after all. But then Catwoman takes off her face, and it's really Talia al Ghul. And then he gets married to the correct woman. Ooh. <laughs> oh, he belongs with Talia, huh? He but with Talia. Then I'm sorry, the, you're the wrong. Secret, the secret ah. twist is she lifts off her mask. You ready for this one? 
It's Hugo Strange because he likes to mind fuck you, and that is the ultimate mind fuck. And then I'm going to have Porky Pig come up and say, that's all, folks. Nope. Action because comics, what's going to happen is you're going to see some words go backwards. You find out it's actually Zatanna, and he married the right ah, person, Zatanna. Wow, okay. That's yeah, some backwards right now. <laughs> but tune in, reader, and find out what really happens. Same bad time. All right. Um, but yeah, actually, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know one thing that kind of makes me sad, though? I don't think they're going to do a detective pulp story, and they should have. They should have because it's Detective Comics 1000. Because you know they're going to milk us again. Oh yeah. When 1027 comes out, yeah. buy the special edition. 1000 issues of Batman, you know, and it's like, ah, come on. I mean, I'll buy it, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyways, moving along. Uh, if you're a fan of the Silver Age and Barry Allen, the real Barry Allen, then Flash the Silver Age Volume 4 trade paperback will be out there. And those have had some amazing covers, so do yourself a favor, at least look at those. Today's a big celebration for another one of our green buddies. Green Arrow hits issue 50. And if I remember correctly, this issue is the last issue. So there's going to be some major plans and overhaul happening for Green Arrow. And I know you're good with your TV news. Did you want to make that announcement? Yeah, so... Announced today, and there was actually two pieces of news that I wanted to talk about on there on here. Even though we don't really talk about, well, we do talk about the shows in the in the movies. But yes, Green Arrow, or I'm sorry, Arrow uh, on yeah, the don't CW say those words. <laughs> on the CW is going to be finishing after season eight, and their season eight is only going to be ten episodes long. Oh wow! So essentially, what's happening here is that Arrow is going to stop after their crossover next year, which is in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yep. So, yeah, everybody knows what's happening there. Yeah. In the original Crisis on Infinite Earths, we have the death of Supergirl. And Flash. And Flash. Those two are not going to die. It's going to be Arrow that dies. You're going to have Supergirl walking out with Arrow in, in her bot, in her hands. Probably. Or that, yeah. they could be playing with words, because what did you refer to the show as at the start? Green, Green Arrow. Arrow. So maybe it's Arrow's going to end because we're going to do... Green Arrow. I also thought about that, and but Stephen Amell has been hinting that he wants to leave. But maybe it's just part of the <laughs> whole, the, the big. That's the the whole like misdirect. Yeah, they have brought in Emiko now, and she is wearing the Green Arrow outfit. So it could go on after he dies, and she's wearing the Green Arrow outfit, Ooh, and it becomes the Green Arrow show. Yeah, I can see that because I know Stephen Amell. He's I think he wants to pursue more wrestling. Really? Yeah, and now that uh, I think it's AEW. It's a new wrestling promotion that's coming out with by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, and he's become really good friends with them. So I could see him maybe signing with them. I bet. You, I bet you he's gonna be. I mean, he might be in front of the camera a lot. He's gonna be like the new Vince. Yeah, I could see. That. He's gonna own like most of it because he's 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 making money. Like that yeah. knocking uh, point, his wine winery and r- resort is uh-huh. like super popular. Well, there you go. Yeah, and Stephen Amell knows how to take a couple of bumps. Like his wrestling's getting better. Yeah. It makes complete sense. I mean, the dude's in shape. <laughs> he is. He is. Yes. Uh, oh, and then the other piece of news. Sorry. Uh, this happened earlier today, too. Uh, Idris Alba is going to replace Will Smith as Deadshot in The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn. Wait, wait, wait. They're going to call the sequel The Suicide Squad? Because it's not supposed to be. It's a, it's a soft reboot, according to James Gunn. Huh. But yes, it's going to be called The Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, whereas the first one was called Suicide Squad. I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with, you know, Iridis Elba. I'm, I, personally, I mean, when to me, this is probably like a, a bad opinion, but when Will Smith takes on a part, it's just Will Smith. See, that's how look, I, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying. 
But if you look at his drama stuff, he right. he encompasses those roles. He, oh, no, he does. He does a great job. When it's the action stuff or the comedy stuff, yes, you're absolutely right. He, it's just Will Smith. Yeah. yeah. Which is, is fine with me. I will watch Will Smith in anything. And I will also watch Idris Elba in anything. I think he's a fucking fantastic actor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, just I, don't, I just don't think that he needs to be Deadshot. They have a whole roster oh, God, yeah. of villains that he could have been. I agree. And no, they have a ton of characters that he could have been. Um, why be Deadshot? Why not bring him in as Bronze Tiger? Yeah, that and honestly, that's a better character in my opinion. Yeah, you know, because like I mean, yeah, Deadshot's got some arcs and whatnot, but he, he's the bad guy. And mm-hmm. plus, but yeah. then again, like I said though, but this is the thing that I I, I kind of got annoyed with. And I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinions and whatnot, but it's like you're playing a guy who's an assassin, but you want to have like Bible verses on your costume <laughs> and everything. Like it was just like, dude, <laughs> come on, man. Like I don't know. Like I said, I'm sure that's a negative opinion of people will be like, oh, you know. But like I just, you know, I mean. You're playing a character, you know, like you act it. Don't just be like, oh, well, this is what I'm going to do because I'm really freaking famous. So, ha, 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 <laughs> you know, so anyways, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm very excited. I hope you're just all about like brings it like I'm really yeah, excited. Yeah. He's I an mean, intense just, dude. I'm looking forward to it. But you're now that you said Bronze Tiger, it's like, dude, that would have been awesome because Bronze Tiger, I've never seen that character be goofy. Like he is intense. Like think about it. You go to any of the cartoon shows. He's still intense, like even yeah. when it was like. What Batman Brave and the Bold? He's still like I don't fucking crack a joke. <laughs> I'd I'd love to see him as like Lex Luthor. Ooh, that is a good like that I is a good just, choice right there. Ooh, I, just that sultry. Just what know. if <laughs> what if Warner Brothers keeps it out there that he's playing Deadshot when in actuality he is John Stewart and it's he's they're going to introduce John Stewart in the Suicide Squad. I think I heard this rumor before. I mean, <laughs> I I tried to push it off. Uh, in in the first Suicide Squad, but it, it didn't happen. But I'm just saying, Nothing happened there. <laughs> what, I mean, there's a possibility, right? There's, yeah, I'd like to see it for sure. How else, for it. how else do you keep? How else would you keep something like that secret? True. It just seems like the Spring best way. 2021 Green Lantern, John Stewart played <laughs> by Eddie Murphy. Ooh, hey. there he is. <laughs> Say a curse on you and a curse on your family. <laughs> Uh, all right. We're Dreamcast. This is good stuff. All right. <laughs> all right. So moving along just to get this going. Uh, today, oh, one of my definite hardcore picks of the day, Green, the Green Lantern issue five. Um, <laughs> the is very important. As we very important. I was just going to knock it and now I'm going to use it. Uh, but I've been enjoying the series. I can't say enough about it. And today was really cool. And I really like the timing with our podcast and this issue. Hal Jordan is back. And I'm going to give you a big spoiler. He's rebranded himself. Parallax. Yeah. So, man, 25 years later, that name still brings fear. To the Do you think universe. they timed it out for 25 years for that no, on purpose? No. no? Right. <laughs> I wish they were that cool. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to myself. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, here's a trade paperback I highly recommend you get if you don't already have a copy. JLA New World Order trade paperback from the DC Essential Editions. This was when Grant Morrison said, you know what? I want a JLA that has balls on it. And he brought back the big seven. But obviously, Hal and Barry were gone. So, Kyle. Kyle Rayner got pulled up to the big leagues. Yes, he did. That issue, those four issues were great because that's when they took on the White Martians. And that's where we get that famous line where he's like, you know, in order to fight Superman, I need this green rock. But in order to take you down, all I need is a box of matches. (laughs) And the White Martians are like, fuck! Because they didn't care about Batman. Like, ah, he's some stupid, pathetic human. It's all about taking down the others. Batman, that's when he became Batman. 
right there. First appearance, baby. Anyways, Justice League number 19 kicks off a big major story arc from Jorge Jimenez, who has recently gone exclusive to DC Comics, so congratulations. Justice League Dark, the new one, volume one, Last Age of Magic trade paperback will be collected. Promethea celebrates her 20th anniversary, so she'll be getting a deluxe edition volume one hardcover. Suicide Squad, Black Files, Part 5 of 6. I don't know what it's about, but it's a miniseries. Young Justice Issue 3 is out there. I don't know if you've... Have you had any spoilers about that today? I still have not. I have the two issues that I have so far in my hands, mm. and I'm ready to read them. I just haven't <laughs> gotten around to it. And So you're saying there's a, a big surprise in no, Issue 3? No, oh. I was just curious if you'd heard anything, because like, honestly, dude, at work today, I had no time. But I did like... I think it was uh, Young Justice Issue 2 planted the seed of there being the seven crises and then action comics 1008 told us the eight crises and i like that zero hour because people forget it's zero hour a crisis in time you know they forget that so it is a crisis it's actually i want to say i think it's like the third 15th anniversary of the original crisis it was one of those books like it was a weird no i guess it would have been the 10th anniversary yeah the 10th anniversary of the original crisis but anyway so i'm glad that it made the big leagues because that is a very green lantern centric story again. It, it's, yeah. and it's also yeah. a, a somewhat of a, a, a reboot of the universe oh yeah yeah, yeah. we're kind of like okay we got some some broken shit let's fix it <laughs> <laughs> always a good time to take yeah. care of that I was all right. so jumping the fence we're over at marvel comics wait now. wait wait oh, okay wait something you talked about a second ago uh oh suicide squad so i also find that funny that because you just what, what issue of suicide squad did you say Part we five or six Part it's five. a miniseries. It's a miniseries? Yeah. Don't they, they don't have a book going right now? Mm-hmm. They do or they don't? No, they do. They okay. do have a book. So that's that was the thing. Is like I remember when I was... I, the, the, the one volume of uh, Suicide Squad that I collected religiously, which is the one that had Sergeant Rock as the... Um, the handler. Yeah, as, as the Amanda Waller. And then at the end of that volume, he takes a mask off. You have no idea who's supposed to be underneath it because I think that was supposed to be a big reveal and they were going to do it in the next issue or in something else and it never Surprise. got revealed. <laughs> but... Uh, it's like Suicide Squad has had such a hard time keeping an ongoing book. And then yeah. since the movie, I feel like they've had an ongoing book like continuously. And I guess that's a good thing. But yeah. are people actually reading this book? Are, do they love the Suicide Squad now? No. Anybody know? <laughs> I, I think the numbers are okay. Yeah. But I don't think they're anything to write home about. Yeah, I agree. Like it's th- that book will limp along till the sequel. And then depending on how James Gunn does, it'll either... Yeah, let's keep this going. Or do you think we didn't talk about it last week? Do you think that his Suicide Squad is going to be as good as his Guardians of the Galaxy? No, because we always talked about like Suicide Squad was DCEU's trying to do Guardians of the Galaxy from the MCU. Yeah, that's what they wanted, and they they didn't succeed. And it doesn't because like I'm sorry, like they're bad guys. Like at the end of the day, like when we love our superhero movies, yes, the villain is cool. You know, like. Fuck, go back to Danny DeVito's The Penguin. Even Arnold's Mr. Freeze. You know, those were some cool moments from those. I, I like that. You know? Yeah, hell yeah. Have an ice day. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> Everybody freeze. That. You know, and it was fun moments. No, it was chill. Everybody chill? Yeah, because uh, it's, it's, it, it should be freeze, yeah. but he says chill instead. Why don't you make like a tree and get out? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so the villain is a cool moment, but when you have like the Suicide Squad, and I mean... They're not comedy. They're drama. And yeah. like, even if you go back and you read the great arc Ostrander's series of Suicide Squad, yeah, there might be some tongue-in-cheek humor, some gallows humor, but at the end of the day, that book is all about drama. Well, see, I think the, the thing is with the Suicide Squad, you have to have your, your Rick Flags. Your Rick Flag is your hero 
who has to take along all these villains. But then when you come the movie, the movie comes along. They're like, no, no one knows who Rick Flag is. No one cares. We need Harley Quinn and Will Smith to be the, the big <laughs> characters. What you should have just made. Will Smith, Rick Flag, but you didn't. Yeah, right. like if that's yeah, what you wanted that to makes do. Sense, yeah, yeah, that would have been the smart way to do it. But it's just it, you. The, when you make it so that, and this, this is what they're doing now, because we, we're getting, we got the Venom movie, we're getting Morbius. You know, they're they're citing villains are the cool characters that people like, so we're just gonna make movies about <laughs> villains. And like, I guess, but not all your villains are Killmonger or Zemo or. Um, Thanos now because people feel for Thanos because of what he had to go through to get this stuff like don't yeah exactly look I get it you make you if you can make the villain or you can make the audience feel for the villain in the movie that is about a hero then you're congratulations congratulations yes you're you're making a a 3d character a three-dimensional character someone that has facet you know uh but I've said this on other podcasts to me the best villain who's a straight up villain in the MCU is the purple man from Jessica Jones season one. Yeah. Like yeah. he is straight up evil. Yeah. He knows he's evil and he's okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of Frieza from Dragon Ball Z. Just a character that oh, just enjoys nice. being a bad guy. Yeah. See, and that's okay. We can have those villains too. Yeah. Like if you write it well enough, people will still enjoy it. So what I'm hearing from you, Mitch is, Get rid of Suicide Squad and let's just have a movie called Apocalypse starring Darkseid. And I just yes. want two hours of Darkseid just blowing things up. Blowing <laughs> things up and looking for an anti-life equation. Do you see that baby smiling? <laughs> Steal its candy. <laughs> Darkseid is evil. <laughs> I watched that. So, <laughs> I mean, so, and then with the Suicide Squad, we also have, this was announced last year, I want to say around... October, September time, that CBS All Access is going to have a Secret Six show. How are they oh. going to separate Secret Six from Suicide Squad to the average viewer? It's okay. I mean, how many cyborgs do you have running around? That's true. So we have three now. Yeah. Well, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. Or if, or if just give me Secret Six. Don't give me give me James Gunn doing Secret Six. Tell me Catman wouldn't be. Dude, I want to see That's Catman. I want to see live That's action Catman so live bad. Catman would be great. That's where it is. You, it, like honestly, okay, I know I just said they're villains, and I hate villains. I've never purchased a villain book. Like it's like I don't know something in my code. Uh-huh. I was like I can't do it. You know, like when they had the evil month, I'm like no, I can't spend <laughs> my money supporting the bad guys. But when they did Villains United. Which Ooh. was basically the Secret yes. Six yep. launch book. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I was like, "Wow!" Because Catman was done so was well. Awesome. Yeah, and there's your movie. There's your movie right there. You do that. You either call it Villains United, you call it Secret Six, and you just tell that story. And that was and Countdown to Infinite Crisis, right? Yeah, yes. that was Countdown to Infinite. And that's how you get your Guardians of the Galaxy with bad guys. Yeah, I can see that because that's the one where they actually. Because the thing is, okay. <clears throat> so I always talk about the run DNA, uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. So they were the ones that basically rebirthed the Marvel cosmic. Keith Giffen also had a major hand in that too. So I, I always hate that he gets left out, but those three gentlemen, they came in and they did. I mean, like there were issues where I was reading the, you know, the annihilation, the, the first one and the annihilation conquest, the second one. And it's like, you'd see, you know, Richard Ryder and Peter Quill, like in a foxhole. And they're like, dude, I got five bullets. And he's like, I'm fucking tired. 
all right, let's go, you know, and it's like you just see them make this last hurrah and go for it, and you're just like, oh, my God, because these characters were shit. They were shit. Like, I don't understand how to say this. They yeah. were shit. No one cared. We're cursing a lot today. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, listener. But they were just not respectable characters. They could have died, so you didn't know what was going to happen when you turned that page, and they made them characters they were worthwhile and that's why when you see that you know i mean yes the lovability of chris pratt helps because nobody's really gonna be like yeah here's this devil may cry guy you know because even star lord like they changed him in the comics they're like oh whatever that chris pratt guy does (laughs) draw that okay (laughs) but i mean that's why groot and rocket became friends like literally keith giffen was like um the tree and the raccoon should be friends (laughs) why why should they be friends Raccoons, live, raccoons in trees. live in trees. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. You know, so I mean, yes, but yes, that book because the camaraderie that was forced on those characters because of their situation—that's your ticket right there. Yeah. So there you go, James Gunn, save your career. Ooh. What? I didn't mean it. Actually, way. have you seen the new trailer for Brightburn? I've heard about it, but I have not. Oh, when did that come out? Today. Okay, I don't so, know what I'm going to do when I I don't know if you'll go watch it because it's technically supporting a villain. But Oh, we've gotten past that. I already watched villain, or Venom. <laughs> That's true. Uh, dude, evil Superman? Like, I don't want evil Superman, but a character that's supposed that's kind of like Superman growing up evil? I'm kind of into that. I'm down, yeah. I mean, that's just what? Uh, Squadron? No, it was yeah. Supreme. Yeah, Supreme. It's, it's, it's almost it the, the exact book? same. Yeah. It seems like a lot of the same story. But uh, Supreme ends up becoming more totalitarian, like uh, Injustice Superman. Yeah, that I was think that this one. is also part of the DC universe, and it's just going to be a revamped version of Superboy Prime. Ooh, and that's how they bring in Superboy Prime. Dun dun. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Or this is their version of uh, uh, Dark Knight Metal. Like this is the Dark oh, Mirror the Dark universe. Knight. So this is Ultraman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's oh, Ultraman. There it is. Yeah. Nice. All right. Sorry. Okay. So, all right. I'll I'll, I'll bust these out real quick. Okay. So, Marvel Comics, Age of X-Men, Prisoner X, part one of five. So, the original X-Men team, not the original X-Men, the 616 X-Men, all of them are in some kind of fake world designed by X-Man himself. So, these are the non-believers. That's why Hank McCoy's there. That son of a bitch. (laughs) I had to go a little little bit harder. I just wanted to get Mitch's attention. Um, <clears throat> to get more of Mitch's attention, Amazing Spider-Man number 16.hu. H-U. That's right. Hunter, because Craven's going to have a big storyline coming up, and they're going to milk the hell out of us. So I think this issue focuses on that black cat lady. She's very awesome. Uh, bring her back to Daredevil. That was a fun place. Uh, Avengers issue 16, the issue I didn't order, and I wish I did. So Avengers has been doing great. I just kind of I, I feel out of touch with the book, but this issue was very much a... Um, a reflective issue on Robbie Reyes, the, the new and current ghostwriter. And so I'm going to give you a big spoiler because I didn't know this and it makes me upset, but it's cool that it happened. Uh, Robbie gets sent to hell and he's fighting with a guy. Then they're, then they're both, you know, well, he's fighting with, not fighting against. So they're fighting each other or they're fighting with each other against all the demons in hell. And then all of a sudden you discover that man is Johnny Blaze and he's got his big old crown of fire because mm. he's the king of hell. So I was like, finally, somebody picked up that thread that's just been hanging since there. Since damnation. Since damnation. So finally. So anyways, don't, don't be on the losing end like I am with that one. Uh, but if you do want to catch up on Avengers, Avengers by Jason Aaron, Volume 2 World Tour trade paperback will be out. So that'll help you get the missing issues between the previous or the first arc and this current arc. Um, Avengers No Road Home Part Four is out. So if you were a fan of Avengers, 
No Surrender, this will be its sequel. So uh, if you definitely like that, pick it up. The Black Order, or as I like to call them, The Wasted Order, part five of five. So that miniseries is done. What the hell? Like, I mean, okay, I'm going to pick your brain, Rafa, because I know you, you liked Infinity, and that's where they first came through. Now, I can't remember. It's been so long. But did you feel like in Infinity, like they were badasses when they were introduced? No, I did not. I feel... When they were introduced, uh, just because they were hanging out with Thanos, I, I thought the, the the Prowler dog dude that they sent out to like ghost people yeah. uh, was more cool than yeah. the other characters. It wasn't really until much later that I felt that they were anything cool, especially going into um, the movie Secret, oh. Uh, oh, Secret, Secret Wars. Wars. Yeah. Then they had more, but I never got a vibe that they were super strong. Yeah, I have yet to read a story. And I mean, I haven't read all their stuff because, yeah, you're right. The first appearance was like, hey, a flaming turd. Who cares? Yeah. You know? And like, I just like, that's why I was so underwhelmed when they were like, oh, the new Avengers film is going to feature the Black Order. Like, really? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so, but they've got their own book. So I hope it's doing well. I hope it makes them awesome because I have yet to feel that vibe. Uh, moving along, though, Champions issue three is out. So this is going to be this book. What was it? They said they want to make it the Legion of Superheroes from Marvel. I hope they do. They got a lot of great teen heroes. Give them the spotlight. Uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider. That guy's pretty badass, right? He's going to get his own miniseries again. Cosmic Ghost Rider destroys Marvel history. Part one of six. Oh. So if you are a fan of continuity, cry now. Dude, if you're a fan <laughs> of continuity and you want to call them out and tell them what they're doing wrong. Read this book. I think it's going to be fun. So I listened to the How Did This Get Made podcast, which has uh, Paul Shear, the actor on it. Uh-huh. He's going to be writing Cosmic Punisher or Cosmic uh, well, Ghost You're still Rider. right. You're still right. Cosmic Punisher. Well, yeah, but <laughs> but that's that's crazy. Is that is that the issue that he's writing? I believe you know? so. Yeah. Paul Shear is the, is the writer. It's like I did not think of him as a comic book guy. Yeah. Same here. A Cosmic Ghost Rider writer guy, too. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right, I just wanted to bring that up. I thought that was interesting. All right, now this is one you need to pick it up, and if you can, send it to me, because I don't know if I'll be able to get one. I cannot rant and rave enough about the books that I like. That's that's what I love. I, I want to share my joy. Which I want to thank both of you. You have been really great in writing articles in, in, for our website, geekleapmedia.com. And uh, checking out, you know, anybody that wants to know more about comic books, definitely go check those out. If you want to read good English that is done in a way that presents lots of great information in a respectable and awesome way, you need to check us out because there's good writers and then there's great writers and then there's us. And the best. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely correct. We, we, we fix it all. <laughs> well, it's been fun. Like, thank you for giving me the venue to do it. And honestly, like this has been one of my goals and I, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm proud. I'm, I'm pushing myself and it's good. Uh, but anyway, so Chip Zardaski, he's a treasure. I'm going to put an extra pause because I know he listens and he's going to love that moment. But he's a treasure. He like he gets character like he really does. And right now he's writing Matt Murdock, who has tons of character anyways. Oh, and how fitting today's Ash Wednesday. So <sighs> Daredevil true. issue one was fantastic. It's getting a second printing. And Mark Cicero, is, he he's doing the interior art. His fucking art is awesome. Um, I don't know if you remember this or if you were reading it at the time, but when John Cassidy came on the scene, and this was before Astonishing X-Men. Oh. It was when John A. Raber and John Cassidy were writing Captain, or writing and drawing, drawing and writing respectively. I think I said that word right. When they were doing Captain America right after the 9-11 situation, um, the way John Cassidy was drawing it, it kind of like Captain America kind of had the Batman cowl, that look, those intense eyes and stuff like that. It was real good. 
this is Mark Cicero. Like he is doing that. He's just drawing like his book. It looks like New York. When I read it, I smell New York and it stinks and it's awesome. You know, like he's just doing a fantastic job with this. So anyways, they're doing a reprint of the first issue and this has the best cover, the best cover. Like, sorry, Joe Quesada. Like he just got dethroned. So I have a collection. Like you guys know, I have my, my super seven, my the magnificent seven, the seven samurai. I've got my seven DC characters, my seven Marvel <clears throat> and my number two guy at Marvel is Daredevil. And I, I have one book that's basically like a miniature poster of each of the characters. And for the longest time, Daredevil number one back in 1996, uh, the Marvel Knights relaunch with Joe Quesada and Kevin Smith. That's always been my go-to cover. Not today. <laughs> oh, wow. Not today, oh, Mr. Wow. Mark Chichero. Man, you the man. You see, just see, now you make me want to buy a second printing of that. If you buy it and you don't like it, I will buy it off you. Just there's, so that way there's only one second printing that I wanted, and they failed me, and that was the one with the Batman penis, and they never made it. I'm That's still, true. They, they I'm still mad about they it. They won't make Batman Damned to oh, the they, second printing. I say damn black label. Yeah. Like they yeah. wanted to come in guns firing and smoking, and it's like, yeah, and here's the, a Batman shadowy penis, and everybody got mad. Okay, we won't well, do that anymore. It was. It's not even everybody. You got like a, a, a you know a handful of people on the internet just being like, yeah, oh, and then you know news outlets come in and be like, whoa, you don't need to show Batman's penis. That doesn't make any sense. And it's just like they totally caved. It's oh, like, yeah. come on, it's not a book for me. See, I'm not buying it. This but- was the first step to get us to that like swimsuit. Green Lantern issue. <laughs> we just get just ravenous pictures. <laughs> There's the, the the Green Lantern cock ring, right? <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Damn. Hey, what Lantern core is that? I need to see the Red Lantern version. <laughs> oh, hey. angry. All right. So, <laughs> anyways, Daredevil number one, second printing by Mark Cicero. That cover is beautiful. Buy it. CGC it. You're welcome. Uh, all right, so Domino, she's a great character. Gail Simone's a great writer. Those two have hooked up, and they are going to be doing a new miniseries, Hot Shots, part one of five. So if you've been enjoying that, celebrate it some more. Um, Earth X was a story. Mitch and I were talking about this. Uh, Earth X, I don't know if some of you remember that. So there's Kingdom Come, which is uh, DC's grand opus to the retiring of the DC universe. And then Wizard was like, hey, Alex Ross, what would that look like at Marvel? Here, let me draw a picture. Hey, that's really cool. Marvel's like, let's make it a story. So they called it Earth X. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of weak. It's very head spacey. So I don't know if reading it as a younger fan is what made it hard to consume. But right now they're doing these omnibus editions. I recently won the first one on eBay and I was like, all right, cool. Um, because it has a special spot in my comic book history. So, I mean, I, I definitely share it with you, but I share caution as well because, like I said, I know the story's kind of weak. I know it didn't end on a fantastic note. Like, it was kind of a head-scratcher. But this is the complete story. So they did it in two omnibus editions. So today, the second one comes out, so you'll have Alpha and Omega. Um, so it's 100 bucks. so it's up to you. I mean, I, I'd say go for it, but, again, buyer beware. Uh, Immortal Hulk, issue 12, will be getting a second printing. Immortal Hulk, issue 14, will be out as well. And I need to make a correction. I made a huge mistake. I love Teneste Coates. I, I enjoy his writing. But it's Al Ewing who's been writing Immortal Hulk. And this oh. whole time, I've been sitting there like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And so I need to give proper credit where proper credit is due. So Immortal Hulk has been fantastic. Thank you, Al. This book is great. Uh, Killmonger will be wrapping up his miniseries with part five of five. Marvel Knights Punisher by Garth Ennis, the complete collection volume two will be out. 
Now get ready. Marvel's Captain Marvel, the art of the movie hardcover. These books are great because you get to see all the stuff that didn't make it into the movie. So if you want to find out more about the marvelous legacy of the Marvel family and all those connected to it, this is the book to do it to it. Meet the Scrolls, part one of five is out. I have no clue what this book is going to be about. I honestly don't, but I don't care. Uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number one is getting a third printing. Thank you, Spider-Verse. Nice. If you love that character, support him. Go out there and get some more of the stuff. I'm scrolling through a lot of Star Wars books. That's not my thing, so you can go online and find that. Oh, here's my other big book of the week, Uncanny X-Men number 13. That's right. Rafa's giving me the good face on that one. He enjoyed it. I thought it was great. It was great to see the costumes. It was great to see the characters back in the action. I want you to talk and about it. And what a great way to do it, too. This whole time has been building up the return of Cyclops, return of Wolverine, and you're seeing the old 90s costumes, and you're just thinking to yourself, how are they going to do this? And they did it in a way that made sense. In a way where, like, <laughs> what are we supposed to do? We don't have any equipment. Well, don't worry. Before anybody could find it, I found this old equipment. What year is this? So the fact what? that they're wearing them because they have nothing else, genius move. And then two, just I'm digging this team so far. Yes. I'm glad that they have magic. Magic is so cool. I'm liking that they're using Wolfsbane, which she is not used that often. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Dude, Jamie. Yep. Oh, my God. That was an intense scene. Oh, man, that was painful. And you know what's funny? So when they first were releasing, like, they showed the first picture of the new X-Men lineup. So it was Cyclops, Wolverine, a bunch of blurry images. Uh -huh. And they slowly released it, the characters you've been naming. I'm not going to lie. I was very underwhelmed. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the crap? This sucks. But today's issue, dude, that is some good tasting yeah. crow. I it's, love it. It's building on this, this new team, which looks great. And then even more by the ending of the issue that are going to be added. And then also a return of Dark Beast, which was cool. Yes. A, a villain that I want to see more of, and I'm glad that he's fighting the X-Men. Yeah, you should – like, as a Beast fan, I want you to see how evil Hank McCoy can be. That would be insane. <laughs> uh, okay, so just a couple quick things. Uh, X-Men Black, this was the five-issue miniseries, and it focused on various X-Men villains, and then it had a connecting apocalypse story, which leads into the new launch of Uncanny X-Men, so that will all be collected as a trade paperback. X-Men Red, I believe this should be the final collection, Volume 2, Waging Peace. So this is a great Jean Grey story arc written by Tom Taylor. And I just wanted to say this, Ziggy Pig Silly Seal comic number one uh, Marvel turned 80 they're gonna put out some weird shit so Ziggy Pilg okay. Zilly Seal whatever I just said anyways that's out there so that's what's on your spinning rack shop wisely awesome so uh, yeah I mean with the whole Wolfsbane coming on the team being used I wonder if that's a if that's a residual echo from the fact that we were supposed to have a uh, new mutants movie out by now which yeah we would have had a Wolfsbane in there. I wonder. I mean, and that's that would be that would have been played by Maisie Williams, who obviously is a huge star because of the Game of Thrones. Yeah. So her character would have done either well or really well yep. in that movie. So they were hoping for a push, but obviously that movie hasn't come out yet. Yeah, is it going to come out? We don't know. Is it going to go straight to Hulu? It's a possibility at this point. So I, I watch it. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. I just I'll don't know when I'm going to get to watch it. Yeah, but you know what? Honestly, though, I think like I I, I thought that too. But Matthew Rosenberg is writing X-Men right now, and I think he's going to be the writer that is like, you know how I'm building my X-Men team? Characters I like. 
There you go. I like that. I seriously like, I mean, the way he's writing them, I'm like, wow, I'm actually invested in these characters. Because like I said, I mean, Jamie Madrox, I don't give a fuck about that guy. <laughs> I remember that famous X Factor cover. I think it was issue 90 where he died. So you have 90s Havoc holding uh, Jamie Madrox. And he's like, no, dude, Jamie's a dupe. He dies all the time. Like you never cared. And today, Matthew Rosenberg had us recognize that, dude, when the dupes die, I feel it. Yeah. Like I know what's going on. You're like. Oh my god, that guy's died how many fucking times? Now those deaths actually matter to me. That was a uh, um that was uh, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, oh no, that makes <laughs> no, that makes complete sense about, you know, him making a team of characters that he loves because you can see it both both ways, right? You know, if you're going to you're going to write this book and it's a team book, write about the characters that you love so that way you put as much into it and then people reading it will be like, "Yeah, I love that." Yeah. But then you, I go to like Justice League un, un, uh, International or you know whatever. You know you have like Gypsy and Vibe on the team. It's like we don't want these guys. We want the big seven. Yeah, like yeah. you got to give us. So it's I fall on both sides. I don't know which one. To, I mean, if so, but if someone loves a character, you're gonna end up reading that love, and you're gonna you're gonna want to read more of it. Yeah, when they're good writers too, they're able to humanize them in a way that you want to see more of them. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. until this moment, I didn't realize just how many new mutants were. We're on the yeah. team because what we have Wolfspin, we have Magic, we have Karma and Danny. Yeah, that's four right there. They're just missing We're, what Cannonball. Yeah, I was gonna say is Cannonball around? Last time I saw this. him, he was in uh, uh, U.S. Avengers. Well, he graduated oh. to the Uncanny book. Oh, okay, so he's off in the Age of X Men. Richter, I think, is also in the Age of X Men. No, Richter might not be a new mutant. He was in X Force. Never mind. Because no. Richter first appeared in uh, X Factor. It's Mr. Acosta or whatever is Sunspot. Da, da Costa, yeah, da Costa. Da Costa. Yeah. yeah. Sunspot. He's at. I think he might be. Ooh, I don't know if he made That's it over to the Age of X Man. I was gonna say he last time I was, he was he was the leader USA of the Avengers, US, yeah. US Avengers, yeah. Uh all right, so twenty five years ago it was a balmy March morning in Oh, uh, you want you want some story? Yeah. You want some story? I want to hear some story. I got a tale of sadness. All right. Nineteen 93, December 31st. <laughs> a young kid goes to his local Walgreens because his parents are buying some last minute things for New Year's Eve. Kid runs over to the comic book rack. He looks through all those wondrous four color books that are hanging up there. One pops out at him. He sees his childhood hero. See, Mitch just got emotional. It's okay, buddy. So anyways, he sees this, this, this hero, this, this Green Lantern. And he's clutching a broken arm and he's screaming up to the heavens. And it says Emerald Twilight, part one. <laughs> and this, this, this kid grabs the book and he, he convinces his parents, you got to buy me this. Please, please, please. And they do, which is weird because they didn't give him shit. <laughs> <laughs> but this, the but this part, one, this one was yeah. huge. Building. Turns out that was the first appearance of Kyle Rayner. And you were sitting, grabbing milk from the, the, the freezer while you were watching this kid do all this stuff? No, no uh, I, I was that kid. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Mitch has got to be that guy. <laughs> but so anyways, yes, no, I, I remember I bought that issue because I didn't realize the destiny that was inside it. Like, I was a huge Green Lantern fan. Uh, this made me care about the character because this is the first time he didn't come back. You know, Batman got his back broken, but he came back. Superman died, but he came back. And he came back multiple ways, you know, and... And it was like, oh, my gosh. And, I mean, yes, you could say, well, wait a minute, Barbara Gordon. Well, Batgirl didn't come back, but we still had Barbara. He had Oracle. Yeah. And so it was crazy. Um, and I remember hating Kyle for it. Like, I just did not like him at the start. So in Green Lantern, Volume 3, Issue 48, 
Uh, we see it begin. How you know is just dis- just distraught by the destruction of Coast City. Uh, the story ends with him absorbing the power, going off to Oa, and then you see a young Kyle Rayner in a very shirtless beach <laughs> motif with his girlfriend Alex, and she's like, "Oh, look, a shooting star!" And he's like, "That's going the wrong way to be a shooting star." And that was the destiny right there. And then we wouldn't see Mr. Kyle Rayner till Green Lantern Volume Three Fifty, because by this point. Hal Jordan just tore, or tore up the Green Lantern Corps. Now, I want to make sure this is done correctly, though. The Green Lantern Corps at the time was not 2,000 or what, how many? Was eight, oh, my God. 3,000. Yeah, three, no, 3,600. There we go. 3,600 3, Green Lanterns was not. It was only 28. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was only 28. So when they There's do that more malarkey, sectors now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, then they doubled it because now they get partners. Everybody gets a partner. Yeah, 7,200. they were all killed by Superboy Prime. Yep. But uh, so Hal, he didn't take them all down. He only took down a couple because they always make it worse than it really was. <laughs> I mean, it's still bad, you know. You but, sound like you know. a Hal Jordan apologist. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> he killed a lot of Hal people. Hal Jordan <laughs> does not need to apologize. <laughs> but anyways, um, so anyways, I mean, that was his whole run as Spectre was him apologizing. Oh god, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, let's see. So anyway, so he crushes the last Green Lantern ring. Ganthet comes up. He's the only surviving guardian. He reforges it, makes a Green Lantern ring, and he's like, "This legacy must live on." He comes to Earth, and there's a homeless guy, and there's Kyle Rayner. <laughs> now I'm gonna put your trivia to the test real quick. What band was on Kyle Rayner's shirt? Oh, um, Def Leppard. Nope. Is it Motley Crue? Nope. Pink Floyd. Nope. Three letters is their acronym. Uh, REM? Nope. When you die, they use these on your casket. (laughs) POD? POD? Uh, oh, rest in peace, R.I.P. Nope. Yo, I, I don't. One last, one last. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. You done? It's not, not, I don't think it's just tool, but no, that's too it's many. close. It's close. Nine inch nails. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Nine inch nails. So Kyle was like, what did they call? Kyle what is so nineties. Uh, a Reznor <laughs> um, fan. Yeah. God, what was it? Um, I like they it, call that I, uh, like, warehouse rock or something like that. Oh, like, that makes sense. Yeah. The, the only thing I can think about with like, as soon as I think of Kyle, I think of Road Rules. I don't know why that <laughs> MTV show. That was like an offshoot from Real World, but that's exactly what I think of when I think of Kyle. I, I, you know what it is? I can see that. You know what it is? Is because, oh no, Judd Winnick was on Real World. So yeah, I yeah. should think of Real World, but I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, so now he was wearing his, uh, his Nine Inch Nails shirt and gets, and, and that, was the, that was the saddest part because he didn't realize that they were going to make it a dick move. But Gantlet looks at Kyle and he's like, You'll do. You'll do. <laughs> he goes in the ring and flies yeah. off. And even the homeless guy is like, what? This is crazy. And I remember one of the funniest things, I was talking to a friend, because I guess they must have been a Shazam reader. But the, the way the art is on the on the first time he wears the ring, so you see the homeless guy laying on the ground, and then right above him is Green Lantern. They're like, did the homeless guy turn into Green Lantern? <laughs> so like, he put the ring on, and then he became Green Lantern. And I just looked at my friend like, dude, look at their fucking hair color. <laughs> one's a ginger, one's a brunette. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Was the ginger, is that guy? Is he sitting there on the ground as a homeless guy? They gave me the ring first. I was like, oh, well, fuck yourself, you blue, you fucking, you blue, you fucking you smurf. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, but so, um, yeah, but then, uh, yeah, the adventures of Kyle, man. And so he, yeah, he, looking through a new Don, like his girlfriend was really hot. Yeah. Oh, now such a Alex. Alex. Yeah, yeah. Alex. So, uh, there's the trade, a new Don, and it collects Green Lantern 51 through 55. And dude, that was tough. I mean, like, you know, he, he, he does the redesign of the costume, which I got to say, that was a cool looking yeah, costume. Yeah, it was. You know, even though he's Green Lantern and it's primarily black, but it was still just so cool. I imagine the artists, well, I always remember reading like Wizard and they were like, God, every time I got to draw Kyle, I hate drawing the mask and the gauntlets. Wow. You know, because they had depth to them. So yeah. It's yeah. Like you got to give it three dimension. Yeah. You know. So and so everybody's just cursing out. Um, Daryl Banks. Daryl Banks. <laughs> yep. Be like, you bastard. You son of a bitch. Designed him with that nonsense on (laughs) but but like that because look look at the ring that ganthic gives him it's different than the other rings not really though well the the symbol the just because yeah house was the roundy right and but we have seen rings that were just the symbol oh okay yeah but there was a difference with that ring it's the torchbearer ring yep there was no yellow impurity that's right so this is the first time because people always used to joke about that like how do you beat green lantern Get a yellow number two pencil. The that, wood will affect Alan Scott, yeah, and the right. yellow will affect Al Jordan. You're like, fuck you guys. <laughs> I love these characters. Um, but yeah, that was a huge moment. So in this, this, um, like, I'm going to throw this one out there, and I want to see if you agree with me. He's the Peter Parker of the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with that. He definitely was. And so now I'm curious to be like, oh, what was the Peter Parker of the 70s and 80s and, and so on? But we can talk DC? about that later. Just any of them, the oh. comic books in general. Because... I mean, Kyle did transcend that. He brought in a new age of readers and all kinds of items like that. Uh, and as you mentioned, he became the torchbearer because for the longest time, like before Emerald Twilight happened, um, in the Green Lantern books, we had Green Lantern proper, which was starring Hal Jordan. We had Mosaic, which was starring John Stewart. Guy Gardner had his own self-titled book. We also had Green Lantern Quarterly. So there would be an extra book that would come out, and those would feature Alan Scott stories. And the truth behind that book was Alan Scott was getting prepped to become Green Lantern again. That's why they made him young, and they made the whole, like, they didn't call him Sentinel at first, but they made that cool-looking costume of his. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they were getting ready to bring him back. But then at the last minute, they decided, well, just the plans fell through because Hal was going to become the protector, and he was going to fly off in space. And they're like, no, that's lame. So they decided to just break it, make it a brand new guy. And Ron Mars came along, and he did it. He got Daryl Banks to join him on issue 50, and the history began from there. And then Kyle floats along. Um, what, 1997, I think, is when we get JLA. Mm-hmm. And JLA is, like I said, that was when Grant Morrison was like, dude, I'm tired of these shitty Justice Leagues. <laughs> and he's in, like a deep Scottish accent. You know, I'm tired <laughs> of these shitty Greenlanders and, and shitty flashes and shit. I want some goddamn justice. <laughs> I like that. I think that was pretty good. Right? That actually was really close, too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I liked it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he brought back the big seven. Mullet Superman, Batman in the black costume, Wonder Woman, Hook Aquaman, I- Wally Flash, Kyle lantern and john jones because nothing's really happened to him and i i I loved when he was in his decision to be like okay each one of you gets to bring in one like uh backup character like oh yeah you can bring in your own buddy yeah Yeah. so you get who did kyle bring i want to say he brought in uh he brought in um connor oh he brought in connor Connor hawk yeah Mm. because we're the Emerald Knights. We're always supposed to be together. And like, we don't know each other though. Yeah, I know, but they want us together for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> You're my BFF. <laughs> <laughs> to me, uh, Kyle was all, it was, it wasn't just Kyle. It was Kyle and Wally. I love that, yes. that relationship. 
Um, that's something where, you know, for me, a lot of people grew up when they think of their Green Lantern and their Flash, mm-hmm. it's Kyle and Wally. Whereas, you know, for me, it was Hal and Barry, mm-hmm. right? Where most people, well, a lot of people at least. And so, you know, there's always that idea of, well, which one was better? And there's always the back and forth, you know. Most people tend to argue either or for Wally or for Barry, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, but always with Green Lantern, uh, most people would always argue more for Hal. Like, oh, Hal was always the best or this. Right. What I liked about Kyle was, to me, kind of similar. He was like... Whereas other heroes, you know, they were born great or they became great, the Green Lanterns were chosen. And I think what was really cool is, you know, with all the other characters, Kyle was like this everyday Californian man to me who, you know, just wanted to be an artist. And, you know, working with with college students, I can see a lot of my students oh, in this character. Oh, that's yeah. very right? true. Someone who's that. just trying, like, oh, I kind of want to do this. I, but I need to discover myself. Yeah, discover myself. I'm procrastinating, but I'm figuring this out. I have this girlfriend. I'm doing my own thing. And then to be thrust in this situation where you have no control and now, like, I can be greater. I can be the best. And then his girlfriend gets killed, and then this bad stuff happens. And he never wavers. That's what I always respected about Kyle is this is a character that I could see myself in more so than guy more so than john more so than hal kyle i thought was the everyman you know and he was still he used the rings in ways that others couldn't you know whereas john was the architect and you had these you know kyle always considered the artist and the way he built things it was just beautiful and great and it was always interesting i think he brought a new dynamic whereas hal was always creating like guns jets and and jets and shooting things yeah just simple things that from his life that and he's very reactionary too with all of his his creations and that was the part that i was talking about earlier like in rebirth when they had they go through that whole description of how each one of them creates their stuff. Like, was it guy? Guy's ring is always sparking because it's just full of energy. And Kellogg's ring like, is the only ring to make sound. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, John's is like every one of his constructs has every piece of whatever it is that he constructs that he's mimicking is there because he's an architect. And 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 uh, was it um, Kyle is the only one? Like they describe him as the only one that actually knows fear. Like like knows it intimately of all the green lanterns that's why yep. he is the one that that's the uh, the torchbearer i mean the torchbearer yeah. but also like the overcome great fear kind of thing like it's cuz he's the one that, to know yeah, it the, the most the first one to not fall into the trap yeah yeah because i mean like honestly the character grew so much cuz like uh, like i was looking right here like his first couple issues so the first villain he fights is mongol not mongol yeah no he fights mongol then he winds up fighting major force and then you Major know, Force is the one that kills yep, Alex. That kills Alex, and that happens in issue fifty-four. So the guy becomes Green Lantern in fifty-one, and they thrust that on him very early on. And then issue fifty-five, he meets Alan Scott, and Alan Scott's kind of like, "Look, dude, I know your girlfriend just died, but here's the legacy of the Green Lantern Corps. By the way, we're going to zero hour." <laughs> and yeah. it's like, "Holy shit!" And I tell you what, if DC really wanted to do it right, when you now that's sell- when is that when Alan shows up in that like green armor in his his apartment? Or something like that. Well, it wasn't green armor. It was more like the reddish green suit. But yeah, he does show up in his apartment and he's like, oh, let me yeah, tell you okay. the legacy yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, then Kyle goes into zero hour. And even in zero hour, he's like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just a. Uh, and it's funny because you talk about Green Lanterns and Flashes. And that's the one where it was like, because that was Bart's inaugural story. So it's mm-hmm. funny because it's yeah. like, because I think Kyle and Wally as well. I think Hal and Barry. So it's like, well, who do you give Bart to? Well, uh, now you know? with the. Bendis creating his new young young teen justice. Lantern. There is a teen lantern yeah. in there. I don't know what she does. I don't know anything about her <laughs> yet, but uh, hopefully she her and well her and Bart get along well. Which yeah. also makes me think of uh, in 
one of my the great moments in Kyle for me is during like I said JLA when uh, he's he's there. It, it, I, I want to say it's a JLA book. It might be a Green Lantern book actually. But uh, Martian Manhunter is like, hey, uh, this alien race they are co- trying to come to a. Uh, treaty with uh, another alien race or a civil war or whatever on their planet and they want the green they want you there to uh you know be the, the broker the, yeah all, the broker yeah. it to be the mediator and he's like wait they asked for how didn't they he's like yeah <laughs> he, sa- he said uh it, that how wasn't here anymore and they they said they wanted me he goes no they wanted superman and, and then he's like well why am i going he's like well you're the only one available <laughs> so like like that's he's even the last choice of the rest of the galaxy but he yeah. still does it like that's that's the peter parker of him yep. like he yeah. still does it even with all everything against him he's just like yeah i mean which is you can say that about any super superhero really yeah. like they always find the grit to do it but he's it's put on him a little bit more oh, it always is. Yeah, yeah that's that's what's so relatable too it's, yeah you know when you're t- talking back about you know group projects whereas all of us are leaders and we're more than happy to get up and stand up and do things because you know we're we are the definition of greatness most people <laughs> they they need to they need to mess up a couple times and like they don't know what they're doing so they're always like well i don't really want this person on my team so you know, so there's that person that's like kind of just in the background, and then ultimately <laughs> is forced to do something. Right. But he still does it, and I like that idea of you know Justice League. It's well, Kyle's a kid, so is he gonna die? Well, no, we'll just have him do this. <laughs> it's just like okay, yeah, he's just there. <laughs> we needed that seventh member. <laughs> so when does when does uh, a final night come in? So okay, so that's gonna be at the tail end of some stuff. So just kind of I'm flipping through the the, the big issues. So. You know, like I said, well, going back to what I was going to say, so with Zero Hour, if you've ever read Zero Hour, so it counts backwards four to zero, and then it goes into the zero issue months, do yourself a favor, read Zero Hour. I think it, I think it was great. I think it was very worthwhile. But it leaves, the, the main series lens leaves on a like cliffhanger kind of, because what happened to Hal and Kyle? Oh, that's why when they reprint this thing, they need to put Green Lantern issue zero in there and read that one, because it has some really great moments between Hal and Kyle. Like, Hal actually does it. He convinces Kyle. He's like, dude, I without the ring, I'm nothing. This isn't how I am. I, I need this. And Kyle's like, all right, man. I, I understand here. And he gives him the ring. And Hal puts it on. And he starts going all parallax. He's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. You know, and Kyle's like, oh, shit, you know. Um, so you have those adventures. Then, you know, he goes back to his book, starts having some more exploration. Issue 62, 63, and 64 pop out because that's called Parallax View. And... I really especially love issue 64, even though it's a house story, but that one was big because the JLA, like Gantlet comes and he's like, I need the real Justice League. And, you know, it's like Superman, uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary, Flash and all these people. And in the end, they all get shut down by Parallax. And Parallax manages to take the ring from Kyle again. And it's like at the last moment, like Parallax is standing there. He's like, yeah, you know, I've, I got the ring back. I just beat Superman with the ring. I'm fucking awesome. And Kyle just comes out of nowhere and bashes him over the head with a crowbar. And even though it won't do anything because the ring will never, you know, the wearer cannot be taken. Kyle, like, Hal just looks at him. He's like, really? And he's like, I'll fight you till I die. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment Kyle was like, wow, he, he's growing to be a hero. I thought that was crazy awesome. And then I remember the story. Well, then going into what you were talking about with them being with the the Flash and Green Lantern, I always thought it was neat because you get a two-parter, issues 64 and 65, and that's the first time um, Wally and Kyle meet. 
And it's funny because they go up against Sonar, and it's like, oh, that's a major Green Lantern villain. No, it's a new Sonar as well. Oh. You know, it's all new. And and it was great because Wally's like, you know, looking at Kyle, like, fuck you, you're, you, you just took my uncle's job, you know. <laughs> but then they start to respect each other, and it's awesome. Uh, Kyle starts dating Donna Troy because at this point she's a dark star, and so is John Stewart. So we're starting to bring the Green Lantern legacy back, and that relationship lasts all of like maybe five issues. Uh, <laughs> poor, poor. Poor Kyle. Uh, but then there was a great one. It was issue 71, and that began a, a story arc that was fantastic. It was called Hero Quest. And they need to do that as a trade because that's where Kyle's like actively like, I want to learn how to be a better hero. So the first issue, what does he do? He goes to Gotham City. Second issue, he goes to Central City and works with Captain Marvel, Shazam. Third issue, he goes over and visits Wonder Woman. Uh, and it was just great. It was like, man, like, he's teaming up with some of the big superheroes. I mean, these are golden age folks. Um, now you asked, when does final night happen? So we get issue 76. And of course that number is big in green lantern history. Um, so that's where they have all, um, Connor and Kyle team up for the first time. Oh. So they have the hard traveling heroes, the next generation. Wow. And that was a two part, sorry, a four parter that goes back and forth between the the two books. And then finally we get the final night coming up in issue 80 in Kyle's book. And that's when we have the whole, uh, the sun eater come and it's eating the sun and, and nobody knows what they can do. And Kyle was the only one to survive actually falling in and he came out and they're like, you might be the guy. And he's like, that ate up a lot of my power. So then he gets the brilliant idea. He's like, well, Parallax could do it. Hal could do it. And he actually goes to Hal and he's like, dude, you know, like the world needs you. And Hal's like, fuck them. They didn't want me during zero. They go fuck themselves. <laughs> but of course, you know, he comes around and he makes his peace. And then, you know, and, it, and that was a great issue too. Uh, Parallax, the final night issue one, because he goes and he makes peace with everybody. And he comes back to Jon Stewart, who at the time was crippled. Oh, so yeah, he actually, that's right. He heals him. He goes to Guy Gardner and, you know, he's like, you're a dick, but... I'm a dick as well, and uh, but I love it too because guy calls Hal on his shit. He's like, "You really fucked it up for all of us, man." You know, there was something big, and you you fucked it up, and so they kind of leave off on their note. Uh, he sees Carol one last time, and you know, he bids fondue. Fondue? What the hell? Bids fell where? <laughs> adieu. There we go. Don't don't. Do it. This is why I don't use big vocabulistics. Um, and then you know, the, the seeds are laid where he brings Ollie back. So he brings back the body because that's, that's right. And then, and so between Final Night and Kevin Smith's Quiver, Oliver is running around as a homeless man. Yes, unknown to everybody else. Crazy looking homeless too, right? Remember that beard? And he uses the the bleach bottle on the end of a. That's my 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 punching arrow. arrow. (laughs) (laughs) That is crazy because there's a lot of time between Final Night. Oh yeah, I mean that's Quiver. That's honestly, I think. What we're talking 1996 to like 2001, that's five years, yeah. So, in comic books, that was like a year. No, <laughs> well, I mean, but still, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Wow. So, you gotta wonder, I mean, do you don't because you that 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 the whole part of him bringing him back in Final Night that's revealed in Quiver, that's yeah, not that was that's not shown story, in, yeah. in the well, there's Night. a hint though. Because we do see Hal visit Ollie's grave, and you see a green glow, and then he vanishes off. So it's like maybe, okay, like the the potential was there, but it now just was hadn't that been exploited? Was was the was that before or after he became Spectre? That's after because he reveals as Spectre, he reveals yeah. to Ollie that's what he did. Yeah, because that's at, right. at that okay. point he's still he's Parallax when he does it. But yeah, you're right. He becomes um um. 
Spectre, and he's like, "Yeah, dude, I brought you back to life." It's like, "What the fuck, man?" <laughs> I think so, that literally was the language. And then he went. He went to go, and he sacrifices himself by reigniting the sun. Uh, that leaves that green dot in the middle of the sun. Well, yes, and so then that was a great era too, because then which like, also gave Superman his electric powers, right? Well, so yeah, and that's what I thought was cool. Like the death of Superman led to Emerald Twilight. Final night, which is a Green Lantern story, leads to Superman Blue, because with the sun losing its like, because basically what happened was the Earth froze and the sun lost its energy. So Parallax goes up there and he's like, "Look, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna heat up the Earth and I'm gonna heat up the sun and I'm gonna fix everything." And everybody's like, "No, don't fix everything. You're crazy." <laughs> he's like, "I'm gonna fix it good because I'm, I'm how I'm gonna fix it." So he fixes it, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, because that's that's what I theater. think of. That's what I think of when I think of Hal, the fixer guy. I'm the, I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna fix He's it. He's gonna make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fix this. So he fixes it, and obviously there's no sun. It's a very weak one. Superman just happens to be like, I'm gonna go on an off-world adventure, and he flies away in his Superman car, and he lands on another planet, and it's like, oh shit, um, and like he gets close to that sun. And when he gets close to that sun, it recharges him, and that's when we get the new powers. And he has the whole electric business and all that. Yeah. Which I didn't mind. I thought it was cool. I thought Truth it was interesting. Told. I actually really thought it was a, a really cool way to go with Superman. I mean, uh, you knew that he eventually he's going to go back to his traditional powers. Just like we weren't going to keep a trunkless Superman for too long, but... Uh, you know, it was neat to see it. It was yeah. it was interesting to see. So, uh, yeah. So you have a green dot in the middle of the sun now. Yeah. So then finally, like, so Ron Mars. I mean, he he did an epic run on on Kyle's book. I mean, he really did. Um, but then you know, eventually he moved on, and I forget which issue he moved on. But Judd Winnick came along, mm-hmm. and honestly, like, I'll admit, I I was skeptical, but I was glad I got on the book because. When he got on there, I don't know, I forget who his artist was, but damn, it was good. I did like that art. I remember really liking that art. And like, but what was really neat too was Kyle, I think with Hal's death, Kyle finally got out of of Hal's shadow. Yeah. Because in JLA, he was becoming a superstar. Uh, One of the early issues, like somewhere in the 20s, you had Daniel, the Sandman from Vertigo. Mm -hmm. We actually had a Vertigo crossover, people forget. (laughs) And he comes through, and that was the first time they played with that idea. Like, he looks at Kyle, and he's like, you'll do better than your predecessor. Why? Because you know fear. That's right. Not N-O, K-N-O-W. <laughs> so he knew that, and it was going to be huge. Um, but yeah, like, just, oh, I wish I could remember who that artist it's was. It's also One Million, where uh, it's it's uh, Kyle is the one that's going to bring Martian Manhunter back from... Yeah, because the, the ring. Brink. Yeah. yeah. Like they, they managed to hide the ring and then it finally went to Superman. But yeah, Kyle had a big moment in that one. Um, the big celebration, this was fine. This has always been my favorite memory of Green Lantern. It was 1998, April of 1998, and that's when they declared it Green Lantern Month. And I was so happy because it was my birthday. And they brought Hal back because that's when they did Emerald Knights. And I thought that was so neat because now you have Hal and Kyle at the same age. And honestly, Kyle gave a lot to Hal. Like he really helped him through Hal learning the whole process. And Kyle stepped up. Like he's like, fuck off, Parallax. Hal, here's what we gotta do. And they they saved the time stream. And it's like, wow. Kyle really came into his own. He starts dating Jenny, who is the the daughter of the Golden Age Green Lantern. Yep. And, you know, uh there was one issue I always remember. I always thought it was a neat one because Dan Jurgens did it. So this was during the time where they didn't know what they were gonna do. And I don't know if you remember it, but Kyle for some strange reason, teams up with Booster Gold and Plastic Man. Do you I remember do that remember issue? that book, yep. Oh, my God. There is like a total... 
90s screamer of a book. Like, that is just like three radical dudes have a radical time, you know? Like, it was just something well, Plastic else. Man is a, a part of the the JLA at that time. Yeah. Like, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, totally. It makes sense to be there. Um, let's see. Ron, well, then we had Day of Judgment happen in 1999. We did a previous post about that one. Did we already have a Circle of Fire happen yet? Yes, actually. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, actually, we didn't. Okay. We didn't have it. Okay, I'm, I'm safe. Um, so Day of Judgment comes along. Hal Jordan is now the Spectre. And there's a great issue about that, issue 119, and that deals with Kyle. Like, in issue 118... Kyle and Jade have a fight. This is Jenny, Scott's daughter. And they have a fight, and he accidentally lets it be known that he still has feelings for Donna Troy. And she's like, fuck ah. you. You go, you go over to that hussy, that wonder hussy, and you deal with it. And, of course, he screws up, and he's at Radu's. Oh, my God. I can't believe we've gone this long. We didn't talk about Radu. Oh, yeah. That's his J. Jonah Jameson. That's his supporting cast. Radu, the, the Russian coffee maker. You know? <laughs> Do you think good coffee is all I make? he makes sweet love he was such an awesome (laughs) character (laughs) and um, so anyways during the day of judgment arc he meets Hal Spectre and he's like oh my love life is shit and he's like hey that's what happens when you're a Green Lantern it's all cool you know that's what I liked about Kyle I feel like Kyle out of all the Green Lanterns he dated the most people he did and and he didn't just date like uh, civilians he dated out of the yeah Yeah. he dated out of the the superhero pool yeah because after Jade it was Sinestro's daughter oh way later there's a time between there but yeah and so okay so here we go um night issue i can't see issue 129 judd winnick comes along and yes that's where he goes to the green dot uh, because that one was cool there was the manhunters arc and the Manhunters were like, we want the ring, the ring, the Green Lantern ring. So they get it from Kyle. They finally do it. And they're like, let's use our robot imagination. And what appears? A bunch of zeros and ones. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we can't do shit. And then you get, what was it? Um, issue. Oh, the big story arc. While Rome burned. And that's when we get Nero. Alex Nero. Right. And I just made a connection right now. I can't believe I didn't see that. Because it is Alex Nero, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Alex is his girlfriend. Right. And Alex is his worst enemy. No. That's crazy. I can't believe I didn't notice that. (laughs) But now here's a big question I want to ask you guys. I don't know. So, of course, you know, Alan Scott has Solomon Grundy. That's his big bad. Okay. Hal Jordan has Sinestro. That's his big bad. Kyle. Now, I've always been 50-50. Does it go to Effigy? The the guy who had the flame-based powers. He was created by the controllers, another form of the Guardians. Or does it go to Alex Nero, who had that lost yellow ring, and he would make those crazy Lovecraftian designs? Wasn't... Well... Couldn't, I mean, not that. Couldn't you throw Graven in there too? You could. The third the th- illegitimate. No, the fourth illegitimate child of Darkseid. Yeah. Like nobody knows if he really is a kid of Darkseid. He just said he was. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, wouldn't you? Th- wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want to say it's it's Major Force though? I mean, he's kind of the one that that's another sets him one, off. You know? I, I mean, if you were gonna go straight up villain, which Major Force definitely is a straight up villain, but if you were gonna go straight up villain, I guess Nero would probably be my best guess. That's your pick. What yeah. about yourself? For me, I don't know. I always thought I always thought Kyle was like his foil was always Parallax Hal. Ooh. Oh. Because every time I saw that, like whenever I think of Kyle, I I can't separate. Like whereas yes, he had his rogue his his his, his rogues right the people that he yeah. fought, but no one ever had as much impact mentally for me than seeing him every time he had a face off either mentally or physically with Hal's Parallax, yeah. and then ultimately succumbing to becoming that parallax later yeah that's a good one that's a good one um i still i i try to wait in my head because to me it comes down to those two guys that that effigy and nero and i can never decide 
Um, but now, and this is going to be a funny twist because we were just talking about this. So issue 144 is when it really begins for Kyle. And that one had a beautiful cover because um, Kyle starts getting like really powerful. And it's like, what the hell's going on? Yep. How am I getting all these powers? So that was Judd Winnick's run. And the artist was Dale Eaglesham. Really? Yes, from Shazam yeah. and JSA. I love that man. By that point, have they already talked about how he's he has like the power of ion or eon? Well, that's what he's going to come to. Yeah, yeah, because then issue one forty five, and I never caught this until years later. So that month of comics, they did like they wanted to basically yeah, like the title would be part of the poster, and it's Kyle surfing on a wave that says Green Lantern. It's like oh, he's riding on a wave, a wave of power. Mm Because yes, there's the green dot in the sun. And it's calling to all the Lantern people. It's calling to Alex Nero. And Nero and Kyle get into the sun and they're fighting. For some reason, Kyle's just in his underwear. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, they were you just like... You gotta show off those 90s yeah, abs, dude. It really was. Like, Nero's practically naked in a jacket. And they're just like, man, fighting it out. And um, finally, Kyle does it. And yeah, he becomes the Ion. Which was so cool because it's like, oh my god, Alan was Green Lantern and became Sentinel. Hal was Green Lantern and became Parallax. Uh, you know, uh, Dark Star and Warrior for John and Guy, respect John and Guy, respectively, and now Kyle's the Ion. So it's like shit. Green Lantern is just like a starter drug. Power. <laughs> yeah, basically. And and then know, one of the parts I love about the Ion uh, era. I mean, he's so OP. He's so overpowered ooh, at this point. Yep. Like he's making dupes of himself, and you know, going to different stuff, taking care of multiple crimes. Uh, what what is it? Superman comes to talk to him, and he's like. Hey, awesome! Yeah. He's showing me that t- that cover right then. One forty nine. He's he comes to talk to me. He's like, "Hey, dude, you need to roll it back some. People Dial are looking. People are looking at you as a god, and that's not cool." And there, he's like, "Dude, people look at you and Wonder Woman as gods. All Wonder Woman technically is a god." And he's like, "Yeah." But people are doing it really quick with you, and that's scary. <laughs> like, it took time for us to yeah. become. You're not this even status. double digits old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, that's exactly. Like, you, you kind of see the pettiness in it, and Kyle calls it out, but yeah. he's just like, but you're kind of like, yeah. Yeah, you're getting way too powerful way too quick. Yeah. Well, and that was the scary thing, because that was like, because I remember that era. Like, Green Lanterns were a curse, it was no longer being a hero, mm-hmm. it was a curse to have the power, and that was crazy. Uh, and then right after that, we get Jim Lee to do the famous cover of issue 150. Nice. So that's when Kyle's like, you know what? I will dial it back down. He takes the ion power and he disperses it. So we had an adventure. It was a, an OG and an original graphic novel. So two major stories that I, I just left out in our history. So Circle of Fire. I want you guys to talk about that one. Did you read Circle of Fire off? I did not read Circle of Fire. So I, 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 get, I always get the two confused. I don't know if Circle of Fire is the one where he... Spoiler, he made up a whole bunch of people? Yes. Okay. What's the one where he goes and he finds uh, Arisia and... Uh, oh, the, the new core. The new core? Yeah, the Green Lantern new core. So basically at that point... Like Those are have, the missing lanterns yeah. and stuff like that. So he goes and finds yeah, them. So he goes out into space and he finds missing lanterns and he finds other people that would have been lantern worthy and they kind of like sets them up to be like a Star Trek. Like, oh, you guys will rely on weaponry and space stuff, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a two-issue prestige format, and it stunk. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Your opinion may vary, but... I, no, just, I just remember that was like my introduction to those those char- those old-school Green Lantern characters. So, Circle of Fire is... He's like, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being alone. I'm tired of having to do this Green Lantern stuff by myself. So, he's going to go into outer space, and he's going to find... He's going to make his new core. 
Yeah. Right? Am mm-hmm. I right? Am I remembering this yeah. correctly? Okay. So he finds these other other people that he deems heroes and he makes rings for them based off of his ring. And then Alex shows up, but she says she's from a different dimension. And uh, she, in her dimension, she Ganthet gave her the ring and Kyle is the one that gets killed by Major Force and thrown in the fridge. So Damn. here he's like, oh, you know, the two of us, we're both missing each other and, you know, we get to be together and stuff like that. Then it comes out that like, no, in his psychosis of being alone, he just created all these. These are all constructs. These are all people that he just aspects of himself that he just wanted to be around so that he wouldn't be alone anymore. Literally, literally made up imaginary friends, but with the power of the Green Lantern was able to make them come to life. Damn, Brian K. Vaughn. That's heavy. Really? Brian K. Vaughn was one of the writers on that one. Wow, that makes sense. Uh, The legendary Norm Breyfogle was one of the artists on that one. Yeah, it was just nuts because basically it was a case of Kyle sleeps with his ring on. So Mm -hmm. his subconscious goes to town. And it was really cool because they did, like, I was just pulling this up to get the the, the reader issues. Let's see. because, yeah, it's it's on Rand, and there's a supervillain destroying everything, and his name is Oblivion. So, of course... Which was you know, also made by him. him. Yeah, because that's what was happening. Yeah. So, like, they called it, like, Rand, or Adam Strange is like, dude, my fucking planet's being destroyed. I need the League. And he's telling them everything, and Kyle starts laughing. Like, what the hell, Kyle? And he's like, that sounds like a villain I created. And he pulls up the art, and they're like, that looks just like him. So he's like, <laughs> oh, oh, shit, okay. And my bad. So then you have <laughs> Pell Tavin who is the Emerald Knight. So he's a Daxamite who looks like a, a Legends of the King Arthur's Court oh, Knight okay. from the 13th century. Uh, Ali Rainer West. So that is a descendant of both Kyle and Wally. And really? They have both powers, but they can only use one at a time. <laughs> then you have Hunter and Forrest Rainer. They're cousins, and they're part of the Teen Lantern Corps. Yeah, we were so close. <laughs> we were so close to having it. And they share a ring. Then you have GL seven one seven seven point six. It's a reprogrammed Manhunter. And then finally, yes, you have Alex DeWitt, who in her world it was Kyle who got fridged. And Kyle, yeah, I remember that was so heartbreaking because he's like, "Oh my God, the woman I love is back to life." And I think he does kiss her, and all of a sudden, because he lost his focus, they all faded out. Yep. And then it's more embarrassing because it's like, not only is he doing this like to himself, but then it's like, "Oh, there's other heroes there: Adam Strange, the Atom, Firestorm, um, and Power Girl." And they're all just kind of like, "What the fuck? What just <laughs> like, happened?" Was, so Kyle created all this shit, and it was like, "Yep." And again, that was one of those things like, "Hey." You might be going paralyzed. <laughs> How shit the bed. And so now everybody's, you know, anybody who's got green power. So, yeah. So essentially you have the power of the Green Lantern Corps. You have the power of Parallax. You have the power of Nero. And do you have one more power source in there that's all existing inside of Kyle at the time of Ion? So at the time, no, I think it was just those three. Okay. So all that stuff is, is teeming inside of him. And so eventually he, he comes up with the idea, hey, maybe I should just relight the main battery yeah so okay so they going back to what I was gonna say so they had this original graphic novel uh, the last will and testament of Hal Jordan so Tom Kalkamu is out living his life and on, all of a sudden there's a knock on the door and this lawyer's there and he's like oh you're gonna take care of this child his name's Martin Jordan 
what? And it looks like Hal. It's wearing the bomber jacket. And it's like, Mr. Tom, you've got to fix it. Remember how he said fix it? See, I told you. And he's like, you got to fix it. And he gives him a Green Lantern ring. And they go on this crazy adventure. And that was the book where they introduced Kellogg. He came back as like the soul wraith. And he was in that black and white design. He was like, fuck Hal Jordan. I'm going to kill his fucking kid. And he did. <laughs> he straight up gutted little Martin Jordan. Little Martin's like, I'm dying, Mr. Tom. Here's the ring. Oh you know? God. Yeah, this was in intense like i'll let you borrow you gotta check this thing out and you know so anyways the adventure continues they basically get all of oa to reform because in green lantern zero from zero hour oa was destroyed like ron mars was in like green lantern he was like i'm fucking hal i'm fucking the central power battery i'm fucking the core and i'm fucking your planet he destroyed it so tom gets the planet to be reformed um he he builds a big statue of Hal, which is now going to be the central power battery. That's how massive this thing is. And that's how that life happens. And then Kellawag basically kind of gets like, oh, I'm not so angry anymore because I killed little Martin Jordan. I'm okay. You know, all's good. So then Kyle, like you said, in issue 150 or one, excuse me, 151. I think it was 151 because that's when Jim Lee he started being like, I want to design shit. So he gave us the dog collar <laughs> costume, dog as everybody costume, called yeah. it. And uh, so, yeah, Kyle goes to Oa after it's been reformed. He puts the parallax ion powers back into the central battery. He rebirths the Guardians, but he brings them as little babies. That's He's right. Like, yeah, That's you know? right. Like, Call me Uncle Kyle. Also, he, he makes two other adjustments, too, that I remember. He makes it so that his ring, yes, I even if it's not on his finger, he can still use it. And it doesn't run out of charge. No, so, he didn't do that yet. No, he didn't no, do that. Because the gas tank, actually, that's right. He was the first one to have the whole, because Green Lantern's always had to recharge 24 hours no matter what. No matter what. So he had the gas tank. Okay. Like it would be empty. Um, I thought, I think, wasn't the second power that it would come to him on command? Like, I, I think nobody well, could I take it off. Was already, I think that was, that uh, was the point was that, I mean, it, it, I think it's stemming from the same thing. But didn't yeah. he also give Jade a ring? So that she wasn't just using her star heart power? Well, she got the ring because of, of during Emerald Nights. So before Hal Jordan goes back in time, the original Green Lantern rings could make dupes. So Hal made a dupe ring, and when he was hugging Kyle, he's like, you know what to do with it. Because I'm going to fix it. That's right. <laughs> the fixer, not, yeah, not, I told you. So he makes a dupe, and he gives it to Jade, because she was Green Lantern on Earth while he went out and did the space stuff That's that right. you're talking about. Okay. And uh, so anyways, yeah. So But all that power's up there. Now, one thing that was cool... On Green Lantern during this time, our cover artist was Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. Like, that's flipping cool. I mean, you know, back then it was now, like, oh, whatever, whatever. Now, but now it's like, oh, shit. Now Chief Creative Officer Jim yeah, Lee? Yeah, CCO. Yeah. But so anyway, so yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. Ben Rabb was writing Green Lantern for a bit. Mm-hmm. I think Ben Rabb was the first guy on Green Lantern after after Ron Mars. He didn't have a bad run, but obviously not to be mean, there wasn't much legendariness, but when no. Judd Winnick got on there, cause he even gave him the kid's sidekick, Terry. Yes. Remember Terry Berg. I want to say, yeah, the um, homosexual kid was homeless. Yeah. Uh, was wanted to be an artist also. Yep. And yeah. he was Kyle's assistant and he really looked up to Kyle. And that's when they really started making the book like relevant because it's funny. A lot of people are like, Oh, comics don't do shit. They need, no, the comics have always been relevant. It's oh, just, yeah. you got to look it's always a reflection you know? of what's happening. Yeah. So that was a huge thing. And then we had that whole story arc and that was huge because that was almost a moment where Kyle wanted to go parallax. Cause he was mad that his, his friend had been hate crimed mm-hmm. for just being different, you know, not a bad difference. Uh, but then this hits a low point for Kyle 
because now Kyle kind of stops being the star of the book. Um, right there with issue 156, we have animated John Stewart, basically. Like, that's when he starts wearing the animated costume. Oh, because the now he's Justice a Marine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Justice League, the animated series. That's right. You you do talk about that a lot. Uh, he was never a Marine. Cool. Yeah, he was until, just an architect. Until the then, Justice League yeah. thing, came, the animated series came along. Yeah, they decided to revamp that. And, uh, and then you have, like, issues of of Green Lantern where Hal as a, a Air Force pilot and John as a Marine Corps. Well, that was a Hal Jordan or not a Hal Jordan guy. That was a Jeff Johns. Like he decided like, Oh, since that happens, why couldn't there have been a night where they were in the yeah, bar, f- exactly. bar fight together? Yeah. yeah. So that, makes sense. yeah that was his cool thing. Um, Judd Winnick also in issue 162 gave us the black circle. So that was the cool drug alien story, yeah, yeah. which caused Al, Hall, Ollie to team up with Kyle. And it's like, fuck, you thought him and Connor were cool. Now it's Ollie, you know, shit like that. Um, do you still do you ever think about that time when uh, Ollie wear, wears Hal's ring and, and creates that arrow? Like it takes everything out of him. He doesn't have the willpower like like Hal does. Oh yeah, I just just straight stubbornness. Yeah. Well, I love <laughs> that. that. Actually, probably true. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna save the secret origin for that for the next episode because okay. that that's a Jeff Johns thing. But there's a great story to it, and I, I always thought it was awesome. And I'm actually wrong. I was wrong. Ben Rabb followed Judd Winnick. Yeah, I think that's so, yeah. So yeah, he got on there and he did a lot of stuff. He reintroduced Kellawag. Uh, he started having the rotating cast. So it was a Kyle John book. And there was a lot of stuff going on. And so when he takes over the book, it's issue 166, I believe. Nope, I'm sorry, 165. So he runs it for about a good two years. But unfortunately, and this is what was going on in, 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 the, in the DC universe, so obviously, like when they did Day of Judgment, there was a joke. the The story was called Hal on Earth because originally it was going to be called Hell on Earth. Okay. So they were like, "Oh, it's Hal on Earth" because we're bringing him back. And they're like, "We don't want to spoil this shit. It's called Day of Judgment. Everybody, shut the fuck up." And so you know, because it was like the fall of Hal was tough because when Barry died, Barry died a saint. He died wow. on the crisis. He 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 gave his life for the multiverse, and that was huge. Hal throws a tantrum and kills everybody, and it's like. If he was going to just go back in time, guess what the old Green Lantern rings used to do? Go back in time. He could just be like, the minute he shows up, beats the fuck out of Mongol and be like, fuck this, I'm going back 10 minutes. Then I see that ship. Bam, motherfucker, fix that and be done with it. But, you know, it, it was what it was. Kevin Dooley and the rest of the editors were like, Hal's boring. And I'm glad they thought that because that gave us Kyle. Like, yeah. as much as it took Hal out, but it was worth it because that 10 years, obviously, like, I don't want this to be the Hal show, but that 10 years was a great story for me because it gave me a lot more mythos to my character. And it gave us Kyle. Like, yeah, it honestly. gave you mythos in that character, and then it allowed Kyle to exist. And then go on to do crazier and crazier things yeah. in the future comics. So let's see. I, so I think we, well, yeah. So, um, but anyways, like I was saying, so yeah. So the Hallis Spectre thing wasn't working. A lot of the fans weren't too excited. The Green Lantern book was just dropping on sales. So issue 175 was the last one by uh, Ben Rabb. So they decided to give it one more arc. And I always like to call this era pre-birth. You see what I did there? You see what I did? Yeah. So Green Lantern, <laughs> <laughs> so cheesy. Uh, Green Lantern issues 176 through 181. Ron Mars came back. And I wish they would make a trade of this one because it, it really was like Kyle's coming. Like he comes back to Earth and he's realizing that he's like, God, I don't really have much here. He has a showdown with Major Force. And it was so cool. Like he's just like, fuck you. And he cuts Major Force's head off. He puts it in a dome and just leaves him to float out into space. But he knows that 
Major Force being a, a being of energy, he's not he really dead. Yeah. He's just he's yeah. just immobilized. So it was like man. so those sitting there being about to be like, hey, he, Kyle just killed the person. He didn't. No, he did not. <laughs> you know, and that was huge. So yeah, so those were that was a, an interesting run uh, that ended the Green Lantern Volume Three book. So we didn't know what was going to happen. Hal Jordan, on the other hand, was the Spectre, and he had a guest appearance. Um, in the JSA book, I can't remember the, the crossover, but it basically dealt with kind of like Hal as Spectre going a little wonky. So what was going to happen? And it's funny because Ethan Van Scriver drew the covers for that stuff. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Johns is writing JSA at the time. So obviously he was planting seeds. And, um, and a lot, a lot of shout out goes to Pete Tomasi because he was the editor of the Green Lantern books at the time. And he was the one who pitched uh, Rebirth. He wanted to fix that era. So, you know, that that's a big sum history of Green Lantern from 1994 to 2004. That was 10 years right there. So we go from 25 anniversary to 15 anniversary. Now, what I like to do, I think we want to put our human touch on it. So I want to give you a couple minutes to think about this. What's your favorite Kyle moment? Like, what was the moment that did it for you? For me, um, one that I really liked. So luckily, Kyle was the Green Lantern at that time for JLA Avengers. And... It was cool because, like, obviously I wanted Hal to be in that book, but, you know, he wasn't as much, but he did. Like, they still, they did the time element. And I thought it was neat because Kyle in that story, like, the you know, the, the, the controller, no, the gambler. Who is the, um, the weird actor in the Avengers movies? He's one of the Guardian, the, the Gamesmith? Gamesmith? Gamesmaster? Oh my God! He's in the I... Guardians movie. Oh, no, the, oh, you know what oh, I'm talking about. I'm doing the, a horrible job exp- exploring. The, uh, yeah, played by Jeff Goldblum. No, uh, not not Jeff Goldblum. Actually, yeah, that one. Who is that one? Yeah, it's is um, that the Game Master? It's is it the Game Master? No, that doesn't sound right. It's, it doesn't. It's uh, Jeff Goldblum's character. Guardians. Remember, there's it's the, the collector. The collector. There's and the collector. then there's That's Benicio and Del Toro. You're talking about Thor Ragnarok. Okay, I'm gonna go with the collector. I think it was the collector. Okay. So the collector and oh, who was the Mad Guardian? Corona. Corona, yeah. So those two wager a bet that the DC universe is better than the Marvel universe. This is taking place in JLA Avengers. So anyways, they put their items of power. So there's like seven items of power from each universe. As so, an aside, Jeff Goldblum was the Grandmaster. 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 There we go. I think it might be the Grandmaster then. And so anyways, so one of the items of DC power is the Green Lantern power battery. So Wally goes to the Marvel Universe, discovers his powers don't work because there's no speed force. Luckily, he comes back. He's like, I don't want to go to that fucking universe. It was horrible. <laughs> and so they decide to be like, all right, Wally, you're not going to go over and get the Marvel power items. But Kyle's like, hey, my lantern's in my apartment. Take care of it. No. <laughs> Wally didn't do a good job. The power battery got taken. But yeah. I love it. A last-ditch effort. Kyle gets the cosmic cube, charges off of it, becomes like a silver lantern. I was like, that... That's flipping cool. And he had such great moments in the story. And then obviously he was eclipsed. You know, they, they, they turned him into how. But I just thought he had some great moments. And I thought that was so cool that he was like, I'm going to do these things. And, and another crossover story. And again, he did a good job there. It was Green Lantern and Silver Surfer. So Green Lantern and Silver Surfer, basically Kyle teams up with Thanos. Silver Surfer teams up with Parallax. And they all meet to duke it out. And, of course, finally, Silver Surfer and Kyle, because they're both such kind-hearted people that they got swayed by these two sorrowful characters. But in the end, it's like, look, I'm sorry that you're going through all this stuff, but 
no nah, man that ain't gonna fly and, <laughs> and i just i thought it was so cool and that was often a, a connection between uh silver or, so yeah green uh, kyle grainer and silver surface because ron mars was tra- writing yeah, silver ron surfer right yeah he yeah. was he left silver surfer to go create kyle yeah and then of course we see those two meet up again in dc versus marvel uh silver surfer destroyed kyle which i don't agree with but <laughs> eats their own so i don't know hopefully that bought you enough time so i don't know who wants to share their favorite kyle Go ahead. I can go first. Uh, for me, it was later in the series. Uh, I looked it up right now, but it's something that always sticks out to me. It's in Green Lantern Corps number 54. Ooh. Um, this is, I forget what's going on, but Kyle is dating, I forget her name, but she's Sinestro's daughter. Saronic. Oh, Saronic, Saronic thank yeah. you. And um, Sinestro, is the, like he shows up, he's Yellow Lantern, they're fighting, whatever, and they're about to duke it out. And what always sticks out to me it's just this embodies everything that I love about how I can see myself in a character because this is exactly how I would react in a situation. So, uh, Sinestro, you're not good enough for my daughter, this or whatever, and they're about to get into a fight, and then he throws a punch at Kyle and basically goes, who taught you how to fight? And then Kyle just uppercuts him and just goes, Batman. <laughs> that, I, that scene to me is something that always sticks with me because it's that concept of this is the Kyle character that I like. Someone who is young, but at the same time knows how to make a stressful situation into a comedic moment without really trying. And that also essence that he's always learning something and how something as cool as Batman taught me how to fight. To me, that's always one of my favorite Kyle moments. <laughs> yeah. um, and then also uh, during the Sinestro Corps War when oh. him and and Hal joined forces to take on Sinestro and like, let's do this, let's do this, buddy. And then they just fight together. It's to cool me, moment. Kyle is one of those characters that is better because he brings out the best in others because when they team up with Kyle Kyle's this young dude who doesn't give up and so it makes the older guard the older generation go all right this kid's gonna give it out I have to as well that's how I've always looked at it <laughs> that's I know that's an awesome way to look at it uh definitely uh Marvel versus DC like him being in there being such a, a pivotal character because access shows up to him That's like true. one of the first characters because Ron Mars yeah Ron Mars he's uh he's like hey I'm looking for you know oh you, never mind I need to go over here but no just like Kyle being in, involved in in that I think is is great but uh his iron ion like stint just like the first that one yeah like yeah yeah when you, when he gets the power Jed Winnick gives him yeah, that all the power okay. like I love the idea of Kyle, this, as you, as Rafa said earlier, you know, this every man getting all this power and just being like, I'm going to try and help as many people as I can yep. in the best way that yeah. I can. I mean, eventually it does corrupt him a little bit, but not really. Only because the writers felt yeah, forced into it, I think. Exactly. I mean, stepped in. And then, uh, but then one of the parts that really stuck with me when he became Ian was that, and, and it probably comes a lot, it stems from my own uh, history of not knowing my father, like my biological father, oh, like yeah. he goes and he finds his father. He uses his power to search, to take pieces of his DNA and search it amongst all the other people in, on earth to find wow. his father and finds out, you know, Judd Whitty comes up with this whole story of him being uh, what Hispanic and... Actually, you know what's crazy? And I was going to just ask this. I hope you don't mind if I... If I no, so. no. We did see Kyle's dad early on. Right. Because we, we had that, like when they introduced Kyle's mom, because that was cool. Kyle's mom was a, a pivotal character. And so basically both his parents were Irish. So that's Kyle Rainer. was, yeah, yeah. Rainer, you know. And then Judd Winnick comes along and he's like, I think it's finally time to have 
Kyle meet the dad and like you said he used the ring to like you know ancestry.com it and he finds his dad and all of a sudden it's like even though we had seen the guy he was a white guy with the, the very short black hair and the black and gray goatee now all of a sudden you know he's, he's, he's hey, just, I'm a cool Latino dude hey Kyle you're my son but, but it, it wasn't just that he's also like a ex-CIA oh, yeah. agent he's well, they you kept know, that a spy yeah, and he, yeah. he was in he was even kind of like a dirty spy because yeah. it's like oh you're a double agent you know and Again, that and Peter Parker. Yeah, you know? you're absolutely right. So, yeah, that was the kind of thing that I, I mean, I, cool I really there. liked about his character, and and yeah, and then you know, always, always the heartbroken one too. Like he, <laughs> almost every arc ends with him being heartbroken oh, and God, trying yeah. to f- f- figure out where he's going to go next with it. But then he's he's Paul Rudd's character in I Love You Man. <laughs> like he he walks right out of one relationship into the next one, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So. Yeah, and I like that. I think that adds to his motif too, because he's the artist. Yeah, he wears his heart know. right there on his sleeve. Exactly. It's, it's 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 always bare. So, all right, guys, that was. Oh, gee, I yeah. Well, know. so I was gonna say. Okay, so if you're if you're interested in reading some more, Kyle, good idea. Luckily, uh, DC Comics started a trade series, but unfortunately, they've canceled it. But you know, email them, tweet them, Facebook them. So they started a trade paperback run called Green Lantern Kyle Rayner. And Volume 1 collects uh, issues 48 through 57 and the Zero issue, a guest appearance in Rebels, and then the New Titans issues 116 and 17, because that's right, Kyle, his very first superhero team was being a Titan. He was a Titan with Bart Allen as Impulse. Uh, They did a second volume, Green Lanterns 58 through 65 and Gary Gardner Warrior 27, 28. New Titans, 124, 125, and Dark Stars 34. So that's where we start seeing Kyle venture out more into the DC Universe. And unfortunately, they did. I mean, it's out there. The map is out there. Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, Volume 3, which would have had issues 66 and 75 and Annual 4, but they canceled it. So if you like this character, I recommend the trades. I've gotten them. They're very worthwhile. Nice production value. Um, I'm really sad that they didn't make the third one because, you know, we all grow up, especially when we're younger, we would have like, you can't just say to your friend, like, oh, I respect your character. No, my character's better than yours. <laughs> and I always think about that Green Lantern annual number four. That was a sad one. I don't know if you guys read that one. So that was like, it was the year one annuals that they were doing. And this is Green Lantern year one. And what they did was they had Hal and Kyle. It was so goofy. So uh, Kyle comes home after a long day. He gets his batter and he's about to recharge. Parallax shows up at Sentinel's house. He's like, fuck you, Alan. He takes his ring, and then he's about to recharge off of it. So since they recharge at the same time, it's like weird science. So they switch bodies, and for some reason, they travel through time as well. So Kyle goes back to showcase number 22, like back in the 60s Hal stuff. And then Hal goes into Kyle's body, Green Lantern issue 51. So hijinks ensue. But the sad part is Hal saved Alex. And he was such a dick that when they fix each other and they go back to the way they were, they're both standing at Alex's grave. And Hal just looks at Kyle and he's like, I saved her. Oh, oh, it's such a punch in the face. It's such a like, you know, there's always those articles on CBR like Hal Jordan's a dick. I'm surprised they have yet to put that one on because yeah. that one, that was Parallax right it's, there. It's that 10 was the reasons why Hal's a dick and yeah. four reasons why he's the greatest. Yeah. Uh, all right, there you go. That is a section of the Green Lantern history that involves Kyle Rayner. We are going to uh, showcase, spotlight, whatever you want to say, more Green Lanterns throughout this month. Uh, it will be the three of us, hopefully, as long as we can keep yes. everybody's schedule in, in, in working area. And uh, I hope you can join us for this Green Month. So, 
Uh, with that all being said, if you want to talk to uh, us on Twitter, uh, you can find me. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. You can also find Chris on Twitter as... Stuff I should say. Stuff should. Words. Uh, stuff I should say should being spelled S-H-U-D. Rafa, you can also find him on Twitter. At, uh, at Mobile Rafi. And if you want to talk to the rest of... Uh, Geek Elite Media on Twitter. It's at Geek Elite Media. It's at Geek Elite Media on Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Uh, check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geekleetmedia.com. Rafa, did you have any other social medias you wanted to throw um, out there or anything else you wanted to promote? If you want some dope toys added to your collection, come check out YouTube, uh, Mobile Rafi as well. Yes, dude, I love your toy videos. Yes, your toy videos. Are great. I mean, a big part, you know, Geekly uh, Geekly Media is all about being able to showcase what you're passionate about, and you know, geek culture is a big thing. You know, we grew up, and so with all of this, it's just another way to showcase. So whether it's plastic, paper, or glass, we love it. <laughs> well, no, it's fine because actually, okay, if you don't mind, I, I'm egging this episode on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, okay. listeners, but I hope you enjoy. But you're a toy man as well. Did you ever buy those the Total Justice action figures? I did. I loved them. Oh, they were god awful though, because they were such the stiff plastic, and they only had like five points of articulation. What a wonderful time to be alive! Where these toys are just oh. so much better. <laughs> Thank well, now for existing Hasbro. Yeah, but you know what was so funny? The connect on armor. So they yep. would have the little connect on armor bits. So Kyle, he actually had a good pose. He he had this whole like firing ring. Wally had a run, you know, and they were they were awesome. And then that was the first parallax figure. But man, that was the first Kyle Rayner figure. I think I still got that somewhere. Oh, that little hunk of plastic. Yeah, thank God from those little things we've grown to the whole Marvel Legends, the yep. unnecessary points of articulation. It's awesome. And then hey, next year, Todd McFarlane, what's he gonna do? I'm we'll hoping. <laughs> All right, so make sure to listen to us uh, next time. So on uh, Imagine If, this is wait, this is Imagine If on the yes. Geek Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. Hey, this is John from Geek Elite Media, and this podcast is being brought to you by Cuts by Candace. Candace Gist is a hairstylist that will work with you to get the right look. She uses her 18 years of experience to understand my needs and is the only one that comes near my hair. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of March 2019 and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts by Candace 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you, you can.